Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So a couple days ago, 25th Amendment was trending on Twitter. And considering the ongoing chaos that is the Biden administration right now, many people are still wondering if this is the moment that they finally hand off the mantle to Kamala Harris. Because everybody expected it. You know, even before the election, everybody was like, how long is Joe Biden going to last? And then a bunch of people said, you know, as much as I want to believe he wouldn't last a term, he'll probably make it to the end of a term and then maybe he won't run a second term. And then there was a period where he said he wasn't going to run a second term. And then he's like, no, no, I'm going to run a second term. And uh, so now you've got the White House chief of staff not doing interviews, Kamala Harris not you know, saying she doesn't want to be talking about this stuff. Joe Biden does one one interview where he apparently lies left and right. And this is just, I mean, it's just absolute chaos what we're seeing. You've got analysts coming out. You've got former military saying that here's what could have been done in Afghanistan. They don't understand how it's gotten so bad. So is this the moment where Joe Biden resigns in disgrace or they invoke the 25th Amendment and Kamala Harris steps up? No, probably not. Uh, and there's a new poll showing that 55% of the country believe she's unfit anyway. But then what? Nancy Pelosi? Then what? I have no idea. This is what happens when people vote. They didn't vote for the lesser of two evils. They literally just voted against. They didn't vote for anything. I'm like, even when you're voting for the lesser of two evils, you're still assuming that the lesser is somewhat better for some reason. But Joe Biden wasn't. He was literally just a body. The Atlantic wrote that article. Stay alive, Joe Biden. All we need is your corporeal form. So when it's Donald Trump, people said, I will take literally anything. I'll take a ham sandwich. And what do you think happens when you put a ham sandwich in charge of a withdrawal from Afghanistan? Mm. Joe Biden knew what he was getting into. He said he wanted to run for this. So so we got problems. We'll talk about this, though. We also got news on the vaccine front. Obviously, these mandates are spreading. They're hitting schools. Oregon now is is mandating it for, for teachers. I'm getting messages from teachers saying they're going to be quitting. I'm getting messages from truck drivers saying they're done because they're not going to risk going into cities where they can't use services or facilities unless they have a vaccine. Well, it sounds like this is just a big recipe for disaster. But we'll get into all this stuff. We are hanging out with Delano Squires. How's it going, man? Good. Thank you for having me. Do you want to introduce yourself? Tell people what you do? Sure. Um, my name is Delano Squires. I am a contributor for The Blaze, regular contributor on uh, Fearless with Jason Whitlock. Um, been writing for public consumption for over 10 years. Started off with Black and Married with Kids and went to The Root and The Griot a couple years back. Made a transition, started writing for The Federalist. And now I'm with The Blaze. Uh, also a scholar with 1776 Unites Project. And, um, you know, I'm a dad, husband, homeschool dad. And, um, you know, just like to... So the root. Yeah. To The Blaze. Yeah. It's a big jump. <laughs> it is. One, probably the only person in the country who can say they've written for The Root and The Blaze. Um, but it's, you know, it's it's because you learn, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, I think a lot of the issues that we talk about are issues that can be come at you know, from a number of different perspectives. And um, I'm, I tend to write a lot about uh, family and faith and education and social issues, issues in the black community, but um, trying to approach them oftentimes from a, a biblical Christian worldview. So, you know, that's my story. Cool. Right on, man. Should Thank be fun. You. 
We got Ian. What's up, everybody? Ian Crossland over here. Happy to be here. Good to see you, dog. Thank you. I'm mm-hmm. in the corner pushing buttons for this show, as mm-hmm. usual. I'm really excited for this conversation because he's a homeschooling dad, and we don't get those very often. Mm-hmm. So I'm stoked to hear what he's got to say about the world. Amazing. That's I'm a big fan. Cool. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. How old's the kid? I got three. Mm. Uh, so our oldest is five, and we have a three-year-old, and then we have a one-year-old. So my wife is busy. That's fine. All day long. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Homeschooling, though, man. I'm a big, big proponent. Oh, me too. Well, we'll get into it. Uh, so before we get started, head over to TimCast.com. Become a member. We're going to have a members-only segment coming up after the show. It usually goes up on the website around 11 or so p.m. As a member, you also get an advertisement-free experience, and you're helping support all of our fierce and independent journalism. We have no big billionaire backers or anything like that. Our backers are literally you guys who are members. And that has really rubbed the mainstream media the wrong way because I get these hit pieces where they're like, he has no support from the Mercers or mm. the Cokes. And I'm like, I don't care, whatever. We're going to do our thing. You guys, you guys are making it all happen. So uh, greatly appreciated. Make sure you smash that like button right now. Do it for Ian. Please, th- please and thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, subscribe to the, sh- to, the, to the channel. Share the show with your friends. Let's, let, let's get into this. Let's, let's get into the failures of what's going on. And I'm not going to uh, dwell too much on the 25th Amendment, but I did pull this article I find very funny. It's from Vanity Fair's Hive. They said, Republicans who stood by a presidential lunatic are now demanding Biden be removed via the 25th Amendment. They were fine with Trump trying to overthrow the U.S. government but insist Biden must go. I really love the framing because I, I don't I don't think anyone was fine with Trump overthrowing the government. I think that's just a very unfair way to look at what was happening. But let's move forward to why Joe Biden's being criticized in the first place. We're going to talk more about what's going on with Afghanistan. Biden versus reality from the Daily Mail. President falsely stated that the U.S. has no troops in Syria when there are 900 And the Afghan military had 300,000 troops in a series of lies and bungled statements in an ABC interview. Biden said there was no way to leave Afghanistan without chaos ensuing. But six weeks ago, he said a Taliban takeover was highly unlikely. Hmm. He said the U.S. doesn't have a presence in Syria, but 900 troops remain. The president took questions from the media for the first time in over a week on Wednesday in an interview with ABC's George Stephanopoulos. Yeah, but was he actually making himself available to all press? In one bizarre moment, Biden seemingly brushed off Afghani stowaways so desperate to flee, they clung to departing U.S. plane before falling to their death. And now we've got the White House chief of staff, who apparently is not doing interviews, but is getting criticized because he's tweeting a bunch of far leftists on social media. Mm. You got Jen Psaki on vacation. Kamala Harris says, I don't want to be talking about this stuff. Man, what's going on with this administration, dude? Mm. Not enough, but too much. Mm. So That's a good way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this week has been rough for the Biden administration and just us as, you know, as a country, regardless of how you feel about the war, a lot of people feel like, you know, one, we should have gotten out of there, but not in the way that we left and certainly shouldn't uh, have left people who helped us uh, behind. But even more importantly, definitely not leaving Americans behind. So um, they, that's they, the craziest thing. about Yeah. It. Yeah, yeah. We've got 15,000 Americans still in Afghanistan. And, th- and this is one of the things that I kind of. You know, when, when Biden said that, I think it was Biden who said this, right, in the, in the interview with, with ABC, that there's 15,000 Americans that are still there. They can't get them out because they can't get to the airport. Mm-hmm. And that kind of like, I had this moment where my heart kind of went like, bump, bump, mm-hmm. like big, because I was like, you know what's going to happen in the next couple of months. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. The Taliban's not going to be like, oh, American, right this way. Right, you right, got right. an escort for you. They're going to be like on your knees. And we're going to start seeing videos of this stuff. No, and then, yeah, I agree. I, I'm, 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 I'm. I'm hoping the Taliban is more scared of losing any kind of international recognition, which I don't think they're going to get in the first place. And considering the stuff we're already seeing out of there, 
it really does feel like they might try to be like, no, no, Americans, we're we're being peaceful. You can go. But I, I, I don't see them getting the recognition. I, I guess one of the things they're saying now is that the U.S. has accepted Saudi Arabia and they basically want to do the same thing. So what's the problem? Hmm. I don't know, though. You know, I, I think there may be some hope in that they're scared of the U.S. still. And so they're like, just get the Americans out of here. But 15,000? How many of them might be contractors? Yeah. How many of them may have crossed the Taliban in some way? And they're going to be like, not this one. And then we start seeing these videos. So why didn't the Biden administration hard mandate evacuate Americans before the withdrawal? You know, they left Bagram Air Force Base in the middle of the night. They just ran out, left everything. Wow. The conspiracy theory is that they wanted to make it such a poorly executed withdrawal that it makes it makes people want to go back. Like you see how horrible it was that makes people want to go back in later. They're doing it. They're sending in more troops. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whether or not it's intentional, but it's really, really mess. Dude, I, watching the people fall from the airplane was really, really guttural because yeah. I remember watching the people fall from the World Trade Center. Mm-hmm. They, they were they were hanging out the window and they, they jumped out because yeah. they didn't want to burn to death. And um, it's like bookends. And, to this and we're coming stupid, up on wow, 20 man. years. Mm-hmm. That's crazy, dude. Yeah. All to get Osama bin Laden and they invaded the country. Like what? It obviously wasn't to get Osama bin Laden. They didn't have to invade the country to do that. Yeah, someone should ask Bush what's going on. Huh. There's a really great meme where it's uh, three Spider-Man. <coughs> you know the two Spider-Man meme? Yeah. It's three, and it says, you know, like Biden, Trump, Obama, and they're all pointing at each other, and George W. Bush is painting the picture. <laughs> yeah. Dick Cheney, really. He was he ran the military at yeah. that point. I yeah. put Halliburton in his company. What was his role? At Halliburton was he the chairman of the board or the CEO or something? something? Like that, yeah. I'll give Biden the res- I'll give Biden this respect because he said it's in his speech that he didn't want to pass this 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 failure off to the next, next presidency because that's what Obama did. Mm. Mm. Obama Obama got it from W. Bush, and he promised he was going to end all of this stuff, and instead we got more troops. And I think one of the big reasons was he didn't want it to happen under his name. He didn't want the failure to be on him. He passes it off to Trump. Trump says, "Okay, we're drawing down." I mean, it wasn't it it was only it was it was Bush Obama Trump. Uh, so Obama receives the, you know, he inherits this war and then it just keeps going. He keeps it going. Trump inherits it and says, we're ending this now. We should have ended it a long time ago. Biden says, you know what? I'll follow through. He screwed it up. Bad. Real bad. So, but, but do you think Obama didn't want the failure to be on him? Or do you think he was afraid that if he pulled out of Afghanistan, we may end up getting an attack on our soil? So he'd rather fight them there. Then, then fight them here. I don't, I don't believe that, because the there was this report came out a long time ago that said one of the contribute one of the main drivers of terror in the U.S. is what the CIA called blowback. That the U.S. operations in the Middle East over the past several decades mm. had created the right. anger and animosity, yeah. which resulted in so uh, the, the the targeting of the U.S. So with like the U.S. funding of the Mujahideen and then meddling in these countries and Iran and things like that, you end up with groups saying they're going to come after us. Staying in Afghanistan, I suppose it makes sense though. Because they're so preoccupied fighting us over there, hmm. they don't come over here. Yeah. But I think that I, I, we had the Patriot Act. We buffed up our security. We locked everything down. To still then be worried about it just goes to show the security measures were probably pointless. Yeah. Well, so, so one thing that, that this entire um, saga, particularly over the last week, has made me think about, and I hope it makes other Americans think about, is that democracy is not the natural order of things. Um, it's not everyone's default doesn't necessarily work in all parts of the world at all times with all people. And um, I hope it's made Americans rethink what we call oppression because real desperation looks like somebody hanging on 
to the to the landing gear of a cargo plane from Afghanistan to wherever they were going, not you know some Hollywood actress who's pampered, who you know somebody writes the wrong name on their Starbucks cup and they say, "Oh my gosh, I'm so <laughs> or not some athlete who you know sees a, a police shooting four thousand miles away and they don't have the facts and they say, "Oh, my people are so oppressed." Because when life really gets that difficult, you, you see what um, desperation will drive people to. And I hope it makes us reassess how we use language. Um, I, I'm tired of living in hyperbole nation where everything has to be catastrophized. It's like, no, we can, we can deal with our issues without using the same words to describe light inconveniences here that other people use to describe actual tyranny over there. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Yeah, absolutely, dude. Right on. I mean, so many people in this country think that every slight offense is the apocalypse. They got to right. film it. Someone right. someone said a, a naughty word to me on the street. It's like, I, in this country, some dude was like fleeing for his life and, you know, gripped to a plane. Yeah. You want to know the, the craziest thing about that? Uh, uh, that dude on the plane, hmm. he was 19 years old. Wow. Well, there are multiple people. Well, yeah, the, the, the two people who fell. One of them was a 19-year-old kid from Afghanistan. And you want to know why that's crazy? He's younger than the war. war. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He does not know a world in which the Taliban was Afghanistan. He was born into this country under U.S. occupation. He grows up in that system. And then overnight, overnight, within a month, it was, it was like a one-month collapse. We saw this going down. And then really escalated at the very end in the past few days. And all of a sudden, you've got Islamic militants, something he doesn't understand and never lived under, saying it's it's this or or or, or else. Mm. So he was like, get me on that plane. Yeah, I'll take the or else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, a lot of people pointed out that th- these are fighting age young men who should have stayed and fought. Mm. I think that's I think it's half true. It is true. They're fighting age young men. They should have stayed and fought. The problem was, you know, I was reading this op ed. They said a couple of things. There's two, two different ones. The Biden administration pulled air support. As soon as they lost, that was the centerpiece of the military strategy. So the Afghan security forces were like, what, what do we do now? We have no, like, it was maintenance, I guess. We have mm. no way to maintain our air force because we don't know how to do this. And the other was the aban- they abandoned Bagram like overnight. And so all of a sudden the security forces are like waking up one day with nothing. And they're like, uh, that was like an abrupt, massive shift overnight. Yeah. So all of a sudden they're overrun. They don't got the ammo. Mm-hmm. They don't got the support. Mm. Yeah. It's th- these people do not care about civilian life. They don't even care about their own military life. They got us into a war recklessly and got us out of the war recklessly. So many hundreds of thousands of people have died. Their families have been tarnished. This 19-year-old kid probably knows somebody that... 
I think it's for money. I think it's for 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 opium. I think that's why they did that is for drugs and uh, oil. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't. I, I don't think it's. I wouldn't make it so specific. I just say power. That opium mm-hmm. trade. I think all of that stuff was just. But but I don't blew up in the last two decades. The opium. I I agree. But the way I would phrase it is, I don't think they're looking at their their like you know their their bottom line and calculating opium. I think they're just like, what's the money? Right. You know, like, who, I don't care what a you're person doing. is I worth a hundred grand each, or will be civil peds civilians pedants are worth sixty grand each. So if we kill three thousand of them, that's you know, one point eight million, but we're going to make sixty million in heroin. Hmm. So easily, that's a good deal for us. Plus, all all the opportunity cost that's gone when you don't have to feed people. Hmm. I mean, it's it's terrifying. This is what governments have been doing is deciding who lives and who dies. And but they they're so when they become aggressive, then they create situations where they have to make that choice. But they they created that situation. I could. This is like a deep spiral into madness for me. I'm. I'm I mean, I. Well, we're we're, we're out though, you know what I mean. So, so as, as much like as I it. can be really upset with the images we're seeing and now the potential of these fifteen thousand Americans, I still think it was right to get the troops out. And yeah. so, it's 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 a challenge because if you knew beforehand that Biden was a moron, and we did, and that this would probably be seriously screwed up, and we could all assume that, would we still do it? And I think the answer is yes. Mm. However, I think there would have been. There, there had to have been some kind of, I don't know, man. How did he not listen to any? Like his intelligence was bad. The admit it's chaos. So, it's a tough question. Yeah, everything we're seeing right now. I'm, I'm curious as to how um, this experience and, and the last 20 years, how they will reshape um, our politics, both domestically and our foreign policy. Um, I'm curious as to you know what. America's role on the national stage, what role we want to take in terms of nation building, you know, as the world's policeman, I, I wonder what the appetite will be for that from either political party. Um, I, I think this could be the beginning of the end. I we got we got what like twenty five k troops in Korea or, or you know a certain amount in Japan. We got soldiers in Germany. How long until the, this all this we're seeing results in Americans just being like? We shouldn't be doing this. Mm. What if, so if if we really do see like a red wave backlash to Biden mm-hmm. that results in Trump coming back in or someone like Trump and there Trump was saying get our troops out of Germany, like why do we got troops in Germany? That makes no sense. Germany's fine; they can ha- handle their own security. What happens when we get a Trump who's just like, how many of you think we should be focused on America first? Yeah, and then you get people just screaming yes because we're sick of this foreign foreign intervention stuff. Yeah, and then what happens? Hmm? Trade off. I don't know because I mean it's easy to say that. You bring the troops home. Everybody says, yes, we can focus on our domestic problems. But as you see, whether it's the influence of uh, China or other countries growing in other areas, people start to say, okay, these other countries are not doing the same thing. They are definitely globalists. They want to control parts of Africa and the Caribbean, um, Latin America. What is America going to do? And how would we feel as a country if um, China, let's say China's influence grows to the point where they are basically everywhere but, you know, Mexico, U.S., and Canada. Is that something that our politicians would want to live with? Um, it's easy to talk about, you know, sort of a non-intervention as a, as a you know, a political exercise. But, w- again, when you see the influence of those countries growing, whether China or Russia, whoever it is, is that something that we can live with? This and is it- the... This is the big challenge. Yeah. So I'm, 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 I usually err on the side of anti-intervention. But mm. we, we should mind our own business. We should be building up roads in America. And we should be doing these things because those are the first, the immediate 
and the obvious, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, problems to address. But then I'll remind everybody, you know, and I'm not, I'm not trying to say it's right to invade other countries, not at all. But keep in mind, when during the during the Cold War, you had the expansion of communism. This is this is despotic authoritarianism. They were massacring people. I mean. You look at what's going on, what happened in Cambodia. You look at what happened in, in, in Southeast Asia, all across these countries. It mm-hmm. was a nightmare. And so the U.S. was, their, their mentality, it, it wasn't just blindly like, nah, 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 we're going to go steal money. It was like, if we sit back and the communists keep expanding, because they're militaristic, they're taking over, in 20, 30 years, it will be impossible to stop them. Mm. We either confront them now mm. or in 30 to 40 years, they surround us on all sides Look at us and say, now you're done. And then they control our trade. They control, they influence us. And then we fall to them. So the Americans didn't want to do it. Now with Afghanistan, it's not the same thing. It's, it's not like China's literally going to, you know, it's not like, you know, communist Russia's massive expansion, but China does. They are working with the Belt and Road Initiative. They are expanding. So it's probably more strategic. And therein lies the scary question. If the U.S. doesn't have any kind of international presence, do we just wait until China surrounds us? Yeah. So, so ultimately, I'll just add one more fun, final point to that. The U.S. was expanding and surrounding everybody else. They viewed us the way we, we view them right now. Interesting. The, the, the way you described it, as you were talking about, you know, um, Russia's expansion, I said, that's the culture war we're fighting. Um, the, the groups that are influenced by, you know, Marxism and leftism of one sort or another, are always looking for territory to capture. Yep. And unless, you know, there's pushback from everyday citizens and, and a lot of people look to the Republican Party, I don't know that they are astute enough to understand the game that's being played. I say that because oftentimes they mouth the same slogans, they they chant the same things, they seem to have the same worldview. They don't understand how they're being used. Yep. And unless there is a pushback mm-hmm. in twenty, thirty years there will be no space left. Everybody will either have to be, you know, trading Bitcoin and, and doing uncancelable jobs, right? So if you, you know, if you trade options or if you are investing, it doesn't really matter what your politics are. But if you have a job in the private sector and you're one of the people who says, no, I don't want to fly the flag. I don't want to put up the, the, the state party's uh, official slogan. You're going to find life very, very difficult for, for yourself. That's a good point, actually, trading, you know, because it's just you log in. But then what right. happens when your bank bans you? That's true. When your you know, credit card shuts down. and or, or your social credit score drops below a certain level. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, conservatives better start opening some banks and libertarians. <laughs> so it, I, I think indicative I, of a vulnerability in the, in the system of centralized banking that yeah. any one person would ever have the power to stop yeah. other people from banking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think this is where the vaccine passports are going. Mm. Social credit scores. I think so, too. Let me, let me pull up this story we got from the New York Times. This is it. CDC data right now. Vaccine effectiveness against infection may wane. CDC studies finds federal health officials said the new data justified a campaign of booster shots. But some scientists disagreed, saying not every American needs another dose. What's the problem? It's just a vaccine, right? Mm. Well, why are you mad, Ian? It's just a little piece of paper. You already got it. You might as well just show it to him. Well, 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 well who cares? It's just an app. You already got a phone with apps. I just download the app. Vaccine is different. Ian, it's just a booster Talk shot. To your doctor. It's just a booster <laughs> shot. Okay. You, look, there were four lines on it from the beginning. What's wrong with a second booster shot? Got to get boosted. What's get that boost. Look, look. Some of these people who who are not vaccinated are spreading COVID. So we set up a quarantine zone. Mm. What's wrong with the quarantine zone? 
It's just a camp for people. That's 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 the way things roll. Oh yeah. So in Australia, they, you know, they're building the quarantine hub. In uh, in the U.S. last year, the CDC announced shielding. I, we did we have, we have talk, talked about it before. We didn't talk about it last show, and then people reminded us mm. the that the, the CDC proposed their shielding plan, which would create camps for people who are at risk. It's like I'm pretty sure the unvaccinated people are at risk. I mean, look if you, if you talk to your doctor about what makes sense for you, but I think I honestly don't think the vaccine passports are really what it's all about. Mm. I think it's about getting you to download the app and then them having the tracking and requiring the ID for you to get into a building. Interesting. You mm. get your smart ID things coming up with those RFID chips on it. I'm, I definitely think they're trying to centralize and control and um, sp- spy on. Is that the right word? Hmm. Observe your behavior. Well, they, they are. So that you can't commit crimes. Bro, your phone is mm. spying on everything you do, man. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. really weird. And they can li- – I mean, uh, the satellite tech is getting really good too. They can listen to you through from space. Wow. Listen through your walls and stuff. I don't know if that's common, but that's with lasers, maybe. Yeah, I don't know what what uh, what kind of radio waves they fire. Well, so so look, I'll, I'll say it again. Um, we've had a lot of conservatives on the show, and, and the media accused them all of being anti-vaxxers. It's not true. A good portion of them have been vaccinated and talk about why they thought it was a good idea for them. Many of them are having to be older, so you go and talk to your doctor and you figure it out. And we had we had Kurt Schlichter on the show. His doctor was conservative. He talked to him in one of the numbers. He made he made the choice for him, and that's what I'm all about. I'm, I'm about informed consent. Mm-hmm. But now we're being told it's got to have booster shots, right? So when you combine that with the four cities that are doing the vaccine mandates and with the boosters, I think they're saying now that with the booster, the effectiveness goes back up to like 84% or whatever. Is this going to be a never-ending thing now where it's not just a vaccine passport? It's your up-to-date medical card? Because what else? Once you open the door to that, Hmm. asking for your ID and for proof of some kind of medical history— at what point do they just start adding more and more things to it, like outside it of disease? It doesn't make sense because if it's a virus that's mutating and it's also in the animal population, and you can't kill it with a vaccine. So why would you Why would you chase trying to kill something you can't kill? It doesn't make any sense. Well, I guess some people were saying that although there, there are animal reservoirs for COVID, they haven't transferred back into humans. I don't know if that's true. That's okay. just one of the arguments I saw online. The, mm. But we can, we can just say this. I mean, the variants look, are like Dr. Fauci has been all over all the place. place. Yeah. All over the place. Yeah. How can we track what we're supposed to do? It's like, hey, YouTube, I'm trying to be a good little YouTuber here. <laughs> I want to make sure people are safe. I don't want to give medical advice. What am I supposed to do when Fauci comes out every other day with something different? Yeah. I just saw an article from the New York Times says those anti-COVID plastic barriers probably don't help and they make things worse <laughs> yeah, and they were saying it forces the air to like stagnate and then mm. you the viral load increases because the air is not circulating yeah w- weren't they Ding saying dong. Mm. weren't they saying before that it was like on surfaces and they said it wasn't on surfaces yep. yeah yeah it's, and, and i think a lot of people particularly early on said you know what we're still learning about covid we give the government some leeway you know the guidance changes we you know we want to trust our public officials i told my friends once the public health officials decided that um, 10,000 people in the town square to protest over, you know, the George Floyd incident or racial injustice, generally speaking, once they decided that was OK, but a church couldn't meet outdoors and its 50 members couldn't meet outdoors, the game was lost. And nobody would ever trust either the elected officials or the public health bureaucrats because it was clear that they were using this virus um, for partisan means, one to get obviously to get Trump out of office, and two to um, you know sort of bring onto themselves a certain power that obviously they don't want to give up. And 
you can see that hypocrisy all throughout last year. People saying, you know, kids can't go to school, but their kids are having in in person instruction in private schools. Yeah. You know, saying again, you you can't meet, you shouldn't get together with your family for Thanksgiving or Christmas, but you know, them allowing, you know, people as I said to cram the public square. Okay, round 2. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So, so I'll say this. Last year, I want to say it was August. Um, the church I was going to in D.C. sued the city to allow it to meet outdoors, socially distanced, masked on its own property, and they weren't allowed to do so. At the same time, the city issued a permit for the sort of March on Washington where they had like 10,000 people, you know, downtown. And when I saw that, I was like, nobody's going to listen to these people anymore. And I think... Once the public health officials and the elected officials um, who constantly flouted their own rules, once that became public, they lost the most precious thing uh, that they needed f- to manage this pandemic, which is trust. And I don't think they'll ever get it back again. It's it's true. But if you look at New York right now, man, these businesses are saying, you know, we're just following orders. They're going to yeah. do it. Yeah. And and I, I mentioned this before. I'll say it a million times because this is one of the craziest things. I've I've never thought I'd see something like this. Bill de Blasio's mandate means every business in New York must terminate any employee who has a disability barring them from getting vaccinated. Mm. And there's a lot. There's a lot of different, you know, uh, illnesses or ailments or disabilities you could have that make it impossible for you to get this. Yeah. You're fired. Yeah. That, that, this is, this is fascistic beyond all recognition. Mm. So I think a lot of people have seen what was going on and they, and they want to say no to this. So in many areas, they probably are just saying, like, I'm not going to do it. But you look at New York and people after all of this are still just saying, well, I'll do whatever the mayor says. Yeah. Yeah. People are starting to revolt in France. Did you guys see any of that video? Oh, have you seen the videos though? Mm-hmm. Where like the cops are walking up to people at the restaurants or when they try to go to a supermarket. Now they're being barred from going to a supermarket. Yeah. And then wow. I saw one where the crowd was rising up and yelling wow. at the cops. Wow. I, yeah. There was no blows struck, but it's getting hot and it's it just is. getting started. Yeah. And, and I think, um, again, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think about long term what this political realignment can look like, right? So for a lot of conservatives, who may not have been as open to um, assertions from their left that the police are heavy-handed, and particularly in communities of color, they are getting a taste of what that feels like. So when you're at a game and you're supposed to be masked outdoors and you're not and the cops come and enforce it and you say, I don't want to wear a mask, and then next thing you know, you're on the ground and being tased, now you can get a sense of what other people were saying. And I think 
what you're going to end up seeing is sort of a, 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 a coalition building of folks on the right who are typically pro-police but are definitely anti-government lockdowns and mandates along with you know folks who may be on the center left who say the police have had expanding powers and too much authority for a lot of years and I think you're going to see that coalition sort of form pretty soon. I think so. We did see uh, uh, we did see a little bit of the right pushing back on cops at mm-hmm. the height of the lockdowns last year. You had uh, uh, I think NYPD were refusing to enforce lockdowns, so they brought in troopers. There was mm-hmm. this guy at a bar, he was open but giving things away for free. They were like we don't care. They 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 blocked the entrance. And you had a lot of uh, you had videos of, of some conservatives throwing the the thin blue line flag on the ground and then stomping on it in the dirt mm-hmm. in front of cops. Yeah. They weren't having it. All of a sudden, churches were being shut down. Cops were defending it. Yeah. You had the mayor of New York paint Black Lives Matter in the street without approval from the city, just taxpayer money, and 27 cops defending it. Mm. And so that's all okay. And they were arresting people who protested it. Yeah. So eventually, I think, you know, maybe maybe it's a, a cold wake-up call to a lot of uh, people on the right that cops will just follow the orders. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Michael Malice has a pretty bold, we'll just call it bold quote, where hmm. he said... There, I'm going to paraphrase it because I don't know it specifically, but there is no law so depraved a cop will not enforce it up and uh, up and uh, to executing innocent children. Wow! Now that's Michael Malice. It's a very very bold statement because I'm I don't necessarily agree. Like mm-hmm. I kind of think a cop's going to be like I'm not going to do that. Like, Soviet Union experience, personal right, experience. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think I think what, what people need to realize is you're lo- you're thinking about a cop right now. Mm. A cop right now is not going to do it. He's going to be like, get out of here, dude. Are you crazy? Like, come on. We got a line. But a cop in five, ten years, when the good cops get purged out, when they mandate vaccines for everybody, and then you start getting skeptics and hesitant people or people with disabilities being like, I don't know about that, when the military says it. And now you've got whether or not people are right or wrong in their decision, they make a decision, and the military says, bye, you're out of the military. Mm. Now you've got an increasingly woke authoritarian kind of military. Yeah. Then – you will get a cop who will gladly enforce. Because it's not what, what Michael Malice is saying, and as the way I interpret it, is it's not about cops as the individual. It's right. about the institution and what they will come to represent should right. things get that to that point. Mm. I hope we don't get there. No, we lived in the armed society. It'd be very, very unlikely that the police would yeah. throw themselves in, into that. They've been trying to take our guns. Mm-hmm. I is, love it. Yeah, which is what conservatives say. This, you know, they'll say, "Look at the, the head of the FBI, the, not FBI, the ATF." Mm. You know, he he wants to ban AR-15s and anything with a capacity over ten rounds, and that's. I, I think I've learned a lot, um, and have to have had to go back and and rethink what it means to be an American, what our founding documents mean, um, what the Second Amendment means, right? I get people say for hunting and and self-defense, I get it. But tyranny really is not something we've had to think about mm-hmm. as a country legitimately for for a pretty long time and 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 as I said the the on on the left tyranny and particularly and I'm thinking, you know, particularly, you know, in, in African American community will say, you know, police brutality, police overreach, tyranny to us is assault on our physical bodies for conservatives a lot of time tyranny means the irs is coming after me it's very different um i think we're starting to see more people wake up and say you know what the government is inserting itself into our personal health decisions it is trying to control how we educate our children um it is trying to control 
whether and how and where we make a living and eventually people are going to get tired of that and the same military folks who may get purged that's how you get people who are disaffected and become more radical than they otherwise would have been yeah um if if our government would just let us live like free people well sp- speaking of what's going on in, in politics and you know uh, uh Elaborating on this segment, we have an article here from The Blaze. <laughs> <laughs> Will Joe Biden and Ibram Kendi save no-vax blacks from jab crow attacks? Donald Squires. <laughs> so, but, but this is, the general idea, I guess, is around like, vote, uh, around voter ID being racist, mm-hmm. but now they're demanding IDs in New York. Do you right. want to just let it tell us what the article's about? What sure, sure, thinking? sure. So, it, it, um, article's about a couple things. One, I started off thinking about Ibram Kendi and his assertion that any policy that produces um, disparate or, or inequitable outcomes is in and of itself racial, uh, racist. So if there's a particular public policy and it impacts black, pe- black and Hispanic people more than whites and Asians, then that policy is racist. But then I also thought about how Joe Biden at one point called a proposed law in Georgia that would require, among other things, would require uh, an I- a valid ID to vote by mail. He said that that law made Jim Crow look like Jim Eagle. And I said, oh, okay. So I could see these two partnering up and saying that vaccine passports, particularly the, the New York City policy pushed by de Blasio, which, um, which would have a, a, a disproportionate effect on black communities because only it's less than 40% of black New Yorkers are actually vaccinated. Um, I expect Ibram Kendi and Joe Biden to both say that Jab Crow is... Totally unacceptable in America yes. in 2021. And that this policy that is going to produce disparate, you know, racial outcomes is in and of itself racist, right? And Ibram Kendi, if he did that, that would mean he would be calling some of his biggest supporters on the left racist, the people who are pushing this. Um, and I'm just curious as to whether or not these two will stand on principle um, or whether they will sacrifice, you know, their sacred cow of racial equity. Come on. on on the altar of political <laughs> pragmatism. They're not going to come out and say anything. No, nah, they're not. <laughs> I love the jab crow though. That was that was, yeah. that was brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but Joe Biden might, but he might not. Um, in, not legitimately. What mm-hmm. might happen is because of the backlash, he might then be like, "Oh yeah, well, you know, we're always saying ID, you can't do that." So in this instance, if there's enough outrage then he might just find it as an excuse to be like, oh, here's why I oppose it. It's not about vaccines. You know, he can save face in that regard. Right. And say, oh, I am for people getting the vaccine and, you know, wanting to have that security, but, you know, we can't have IDs to get in buildings. Yeah. but See, but but I think part of the issue, and this is why you see the media pushing the narrative of the unvaccinated being white evangelical Trump voters, because they don't want to tell the truth, which mm. is nationally, again, um, black Americans have lower rates of vaccination than, than other groups. But if they can make uh, vaccination into a uh, a white evangelical conservative issue, then it's a lot more palatable for people um, to say we want to enforce vaccination with vaccine passports. This is crazy too because for a long time they were saying they wanted to roll out the vaccine program based on race. Yeah, they wanted minorities to get access first because they were under vaccinated, and yeah. people were like that. That to me was kind of a so I'm 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 very much philosophically behind universal health care. Mm. I just don't know if we can possibly do it, right? Yeah. That's the big challenge. But the idea that somebody that, that we could we could pay lower rates, save trillions of dollars because everybody's pitching into a functioning system, it sounds brilliant, right? Until you learn that what does the government do once they have the ability to regulate health? 
they do it based on race? Mm. No, I, I, I don't think that's a good idea to give the power to the government yeah. when they do things like that. Um, I, so, so one of the things I, I talk about in the article, right, is, you know, when I get serious and I get past the sort of tongue-in-cheek stuff about Jab Crow, is this is actually a perfect example of why Ibram Kendi's philosophy of anti-racism and um, racial equity will never work. Because what you've seen in this rollout is, to your point, whether people agree with it or not, an emphasis on um, providing vaccine access to low-income black and Hispanic communities, all-out public awareness campaigns to get those communities vaccinated, um, making the vaccine free to everyone, putting you know vaccine centers right in the heart of communities. In the neighborhood I was living in in D.C., there was one by the grocery store. They're at CVSs all over the place. And you still see um, different rates by group in terms of vaccination. So one of the things I talk about is a principle. I call it Squire's principle because that's what people do. They name stuff after themselves. Hmm. And um, it, it's fairly simple. The, the premise is this, that government control has a direct relationship with the perceived success of any policy. But individual agency has an inverse relationship because the government is good at certain things. The government can say, we want to build new rec centers in all the low-income neighborhoods. They have the resources. They have the political will. Um, they can do that. What they can't do is guarantee that we're going to reduce diabetes and hypertension by 75%. Mm. Because that has to do with how people eat, how they exercise, and, and how they rest. Now, they can do things on the periphery. But ultimately, the more policy requires individual agency... Um, the less successful is going to be from the government's perspective. Well, so so you still have the black community less vaccinated than other racial demographics, mm-hmm. even with all of these programs. Correct. So there's no policy solution, is there? It's a it's cultural, or or what is it? Part of it, and I know people who work in government don't like to hear this, but sometimes people don't want the things that you want to give them for mm-hmm. one reason or the yeah. other, because as as adults, as rational adults. People make decisions. They may say the risk of me getting COVID and a serious bout of COVID and, you know, the worst type of symptoms is not worth me, you know, taking this particular vaccine. Now, we may agree with the decision or not, but it's their decision. But that's something that the left has a hard time with. Right. They think if we think it's social good, everybody else should. And instead of trying to persuade, um, be honest about facts, answer questions honestly, you know, take a nuanced approach they say you know what we're done with the era of persuasion we're into coercion and force and that's what the vaccine passport is that was a, that was a good point you made about how if they feel it's a social good everyone else must as well it's, it's bigger than that it's that they believe their worldview is the Correct. same than every single person yes and so to them here's here's a, here's one i often bring up which plays your point as well if i was given a free place to live i'd take it Therefore, all homeless people need only be given a free place to live and homelessness mm-hmm. is solved. Right. Except I've worked with homeless shelters and you know, you know, you know what you get most of the time when you go to a homeless person and offer them a shelter? Sir. No. Mm-hmm. Sir, we have a vehicle waiting for you right here. And they're like, I got stuff. I got friends. Right. This is where I live. Right. I don't know you. I don't, I don't want to be anywhere near you. I mm-hmm. don't care about your house. You know, people who are used to living outside are not, you know, I guess you've got young people. They're naive. And they must genuinely believe, like, well, who wouldn't want to have a, b- a bed to sleep in? Mm. Some people like their sleeping bag under a bridge. I'm not exaggerating. I'm not mm-hmm. saying it's a good thing. But they that's what they know. That's what they're used to. And they feel safe there. 
And so the left just assumes every homeless person is actually just a down on their luck, you right, know, out of right. work, laid off guy holding a sign saying, we'll work for food. Lack of affordable housing. Right. And so the, the solutions they often offer up are, hey, how about we put vaccination centers in all of the black neighborhoods? That way they'll get vaccinated. And then they don't because they're not actually addressing the community's needs or, or, or desires in any meaningful way other than just some bland policy position that doesn't solve the problem. Yeah. It's not. It's not like it's a, a black person, white person thing. They they mm. horribly guffed this whole COVID experience oh, for yeah. every human. Like it, I don't think it's a racial – has anything to do with race about how we are questioning. I do think that like, – Look, look. Say? Critical thought. Maybe maybe that's – is that inherent in the black community? Critical thought? What, what's like critical race theory? It's, it's a joke. I don't know. We're genetically oh, oh, different, oh. but Actual like – critical But like – No, no. Not that different. I, I think race plays an obvious role in um, how communities form. We see it with immigration. People choose to move to areas where, like, you know, you end up with a Chinatown, you end up with a little mm-hmm. Italy. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's not, maybe race isn't not the right word, maybe ethnicity not, or something. It's not race. Yeah, we're the same race. Or it's I mean, culture is probably species, a better, like, right? familiarity yeah. probably is a better way to put yeah. it. So, so I know in, in the beginning, a lot of the talk around, quote, unquote, vaccine hesitancy was around... You know, you saw articles on the Tuskegee experiment and the history of black communities with the healthcare professions. I'm not saying some of that doesn't exist, right? But again, people make decisions for all types of reasons. I don't think every black person who doesn't want to get the, the shot is doing it because of the Tuskegee. Um, I don't think they're doing it because they don't have access to it. Some people just say, I don't want it. But for whatever reason, that's an answer that some of our elected officials just cannot stomach they, they they won't allow it no these people they must be vaccinated and that's why you see um actually this morning this was going around on twitter ari melber was quoting the notorious big um a song from way back he was talking about you know what's beef and talking about you'll end up in the icu and ari melber was trying to link that to not getting the shot because if you don't get the shot and you get covid you may end up in the icu and a lot of people, you know, who I follow on t- social media were like, what is this guy talking about? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it was bad, this dude. Is, you know, th- to appropriate it's- Biggie's lyrics to push, you know, your particular agenda is not something that is going to convince anyone. So, again, I, I can't answer for why everyone chooses not to do it. But to your point, people should consult their medical professionals and they can, they should make a decision that makes sense for them. I, I agree with you. I don't think most of the problems that we talk about as racial problems are racial problems. I come again. I come with a with a biblical worldview. I believe there's, there's one race, many ethnicities, many nationalities, um, but in our country, we that's the way we tend to think about things. And I think people like Ibram Kendi have made that even worse. And that's why it, it was a shot at him. It was sort of tongue in cheek. I just want to see if he's going to stand on his own principles. My, my guess is that he won't. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. I'd, I'd make a gentleman's bet. You will not. <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's an industry to protect. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. The grievous industrial complex. Yeah. That's good. Did you come that's up with great. that one? I like that one. Other people say it, but I was saying it before they said that's it. That's right. right. <laughs> that's a good one, too. <laughs> grievous industrial complex, man. Yeah. That's, that, that's big. Yeah. Well, we yeah. have critical race applied principles. Well, mm. now. That's pretty check, good. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> have you heard that one? Critical race applied principles? I have not. That's actually one of our super chatters said that. So Interesting. We, so, you know, in schools, it's critical race praxis yeah. when they put the theory into practice. practice and I'm mm-hmm. like, we need an A in there yeah. for the acronym. <laughs> and someone said critical race applied principles. Yes. And we were like, yeah, that's good. <laughs> we, have, we have the story, though. Let's talk about how it's, how it's going to hit schools. We got this from Fox 12 Oregon. Brown announces COVID-19 vaccine, man, vaccine mandate for Oregon K-12 through teachers and staff. Mm. K-12 through school employees in Oregon must be fully vaccinated by the fall. 
And healthcare workers will no longer be able to test for COVID-19 weekly as a vaccine alternative. Mm. So there's a couple of things here that are big. One, they used to say, if you get, if you don't have the vaccine, you can get a negative test. Mm. Now that's gone. You can't do it. Mm. I also don't believe that there are medical exemptions in any of these, which means teachers who have underlying condition, you're gone. Wow. So this is uh, now affecting our schools. And that means what's going to happen? Are parents going to take their kids out of schools? Some. I mean, you, you've across the country, you've seen an uptick in homeschooling across the board. Um, I think you're going to see that continue because, again, last year we were all dealing with COVID. Everybody sort of went through their stages. There was a period of time where people were sanitizing their groceries when they came from the store. But now I think we have a better sense of the, the virus. We have a better sense of the tip, the different treatment options. I don't think parents are going to stand for another year of um, distance learning, universal masking, mask mandates, vaccine mandates. So I think some parents are going to pull their kids out. Some are going to stay and fight. Um, it's interesting that this is Oregon. I think the, their governor just relaxed some of the graduation requirements in terms of literacy and numeracy yes. in the name of equity. Mm-hmm. Again, it's, it's always in the name of, of equity. And um, th- this doesn't surprise me in the least bit, but it's so curious. And I, I try not to be a conspiracy theorist, but when you see the emphasis on our COVID response being basically one of two things, masks and vaccines, where's the discussion of, you know, longer term solutions, you know, diet, exercise, other, you know, healthier lifestyles, therapeutics, different treatment options. It's as if the elected officials and the commentators think it's either you wear your mask, you get vaccinated, or you're going to end up in the ICU and you're going to die. And I feel that's a really bad way to have this discussion nationally. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. conditions apply. See website for details. There was, a, there was a crazy thread on Twitter where some, some person claiming to be a, doc, a pharmacist, I don't know if they were, said that they refused to fill a prescription for ivermectin. Mm. And they didn't know what the prescription was for. Mm. And then they said they called they called the doctor to verify. And the doctor said, you know, I'm the doctor. You're the pharmacist. You fill it. And again, I'll say ivermectin's not FDA approved. Mm. It's going through studies. Some people are optimistic. Some people aren't. There's studies that say it does nothing. Ultimately, I just think yeah, you, what your doctor prescribes, man, I'm not going to get in the way of that. So, yeah. so it's not FDA approved. Go to your doctor. You can talk about what you can do. But to see people on Twitter as pharmacists, or at least claiming to be saying, that they would reject any prescription they disagreed with. Mm. I was like, man, didn't we have this conversation long ago about birth control where the pharmacists were like, it's against my religion to give this out, so I'm choosing not to, and then they were yelled at for Mm. it? Mm -hmm. I think if a doctor says he knows what's best for you, I'm not going to get in the middle of that. Yeah, But these schools, man, to go back to that, I actually think this is a really, really good thing. I think the more people we have homeschooled, the better. I think institutionalized learning facilities are very, very bad. And so this might backfire on these these government institutions in that parents might just say, what can we do to solve this problem? Yeah. The school's just getting crazier and crazier. Yeah. Pod learning. You, you, you've heard about like the pods they do mm-hmm. where like, you know, a bunch of neighbors will have their kids go to like one private tutor who will yeah. teach them. That sounds brilliant. But you're, you're, you're a big homeschool proponent. Yeah. So Tell my, me about my, it. my wife and I homeschool. 
Um, we had our daughter at a, in a public charter school for about a year in D.C. We decided to go in a different direction. Um, we love the flexibility that it offers. We love the, the, we love the ability to make our home the center of productive activity, productive economic activity, spiritual activity. So, you know, the ability to spend quality time with our children, particularly when they're young, to pour into them our values, our worldview, um, and to really teach them because we believe that education is equal parts scholarship and discipleship. And when you look at the left and some of the crazy things that go on in schools, I think every parent should ask themselves, do I want these people discipling my kids? Um, so I, I think, you know, again, I'm a huge fan, a huge proponent of home education um, for, for very principled reasons because I think this is, this is where the right gets it wrong on school choice, right? I believe in school choice. Um, I think education is the responsibility of parents. They may delegate that res- responsibility to, to schools, right, in local parentis, but the schools think in local parentis is Spanish. You know, they think it means these parents are crazy, so it's our turn to take over as opposed to Latin, which means in, in place of parents. And I think parents need to take that authority back and they need to understand that they are in control of the education process and not and not the schools and the admins which are becoming increasingly partisan uh, from the schools of education that train teachers to the actual admins on a local level down to the the classrooms where teachers are expressly saying we we are looking to train you know the next generation of activists And, and for me when i look at a lot of these larger urban school districts that in many respects, honestly, of failing our kids and particularly low income kids, I'm asking myself, you know, what's the point of, you know, helping Jamal be an activist if he needs Karen to write a sign, you know? So to me, again, as I said, this is where uh, parents can take some control. But in order to do that, we need to talk about other issues. And some of those have to do with family and family formation. My wife and I can do what we're doing now because we're married. Right, we have our kids together. We are pulling in the same direction, mm-hmm. but uh, homeschooling may may be a lot more difficult for a single mom who's raising her kids if she has to go out and work. So I think that's where community institutions can come in, um, churches or other you know faith based institutions can say, you know, w- we have a couple of educators on staff. You all can bring your kids here. We'll we'll teach them in whatever curriculum we think is the best, and we can support you know families in that way. Churches, man. Mm. Uh, I, I, th- I think a lot of people who might have you know not grown up with religion don't understand the power of a church mm. in, in the sense of y- you see people. Mm. And that's really, yeah. I mean, you go there and then you see your neighbors. And, you know, my experience is always like people would be talking before and after. Mm-hmm. You needed help with something. People would be there for you. Yeah. Some young men would, you know, some dad would be like, oh, my kids will help you clean out your garage. Yeah. Won't you boys? And they'll be like, yeah. And then they'll go. And so you have that community. Now what do we have is we have neighbors who never talk to each other. Yeah. We have this – there was this, this ad. I don't know if it's real. I just saw a meme and it's like – it's like a New York subway ad or something where it says bad and it shows two faces talking to each other. Then it says uh, – or it says like worse and then it says better and then it shows two people wearing masks talking to each other and then it says best and it's two faces looking down, not talking to each other at all, one on a book, mm. one on the phone and I'm like, that's a nightmare. Yeah. You know, so our buddy Luke who's been on the show quite a bit, he made a video – uh, a long time ago on his YouTube channel where uh, I think it's called Just Keep Going, Got Nothing to Lose, where he said, you know, he's lived in New York his whole life. And every day he goes on the train and he realized that none of these people ever talk to each other. No, they would look at each other. So Everybody's right, head is down. down. 
So we decided yeah. just to start talking to these people and asking them questions about like what they think. And it's like a really moving video. It got like a million views, and this wow. is back in the day, so it did really, really well. But that's a really good example of, you know, when, when, when you're trying to figure out how to teach your kids family structure, because if you don't have two parents or someone's a single mom can't do it, she, she can't afford a tutor either. She's probably not making enough. Unless she's a single mom and she's got a really great, great job, which probably mm-hmm. exists, in which case pods. Yeah. Find you know hire a tutor yeah have all the kids sit in a classroom like normal yeah so so I actually um, I wrote an article for the Blaze last week that talked about you know family in this way it talked about it actually linked together a story about Nick Cannon and his views mm-hmm. on marriage being Eurocentric yep. um, critical race theory and some of the crazy stuff going on in schools and then COVID because uh, imagine you're a woman who's about to have you know. Either you've you've had a child recently, or you, you're looking to go back to work, and your employer is saying, you know, you have to take the vaccine. So if you're pregnant, you're like, I don't know if I want to take it, feeling the pressure to take the vaccine or lose your job potentially. Um, th- that's that's a that's a pretty difficult decision to make. And the point I was making in the article is that, you know, when when couples again have the benefit of marriage, where, you know, th- they are, as I said, pulling together in the same direction for their mutual benefit and the benefit of the children it gives them options you know a wife could tell her husband i i don't want to do this you know i'm tired of whatever's going on at, at my workplace for one reason or the other and and they have options that you know other other families don't have so i, I was making you know the case for marriage as as not just a, a social good but also you know, a very sort of practical arrangement. That's not typically how I make the case about marriage, but it also does have practical benefits. And I think you've seen that during the pandemic. And we have a lot of activists who want to disrupt that. Yeah. That was one of the messages me from Black Lives Matter. Tell me about it. Don't get me started. I'm trying to get you started on that. Like why, why it seems so destructive yeah. to, to hurt a family. Yeah. I mean, part of it, when at the point where Black Lives Matter said that we are trained Marxists, People should have listened to them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. I thought you were going to say they should have shut them out. No, you're they, right. They should have listened to them. They should have done that too. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, that's why I'm I'm a big believer in worldview, w- regardless of what it is. You should know what a person believes because that that'll give you an understanding of why they believe what they believe. So when Marx talks about abolishing the family because he he understood that the family is not just where children you know receive their moral instruction, but is also a vehicle for passing down private property. Um, and he wanted he wanted to take the kids from their parents and dedicate them to, to the state, right? So Black Lives Matter, you know, has a, a similar vision in, in their black villages principle before they took it off their website because they started to get a lot of heat for it. They talked about wanting to disrupt the nuclear family requirement that, you know, requires mothers to do X, Y, and Z. At no point did they talk about fathers or husbands mm. um, because in their world those people don't exist and that's why I would make the argument that you know BLM is only interested in black men to the extent that their you know dead bodies help further their political goals and that's not the type of organization that I would there's, n- there's under no circumstance would I as a black man get behind any organization that says that they want to disrupt the nuclear family at mm. all under they, no they circumstances. Re, they removed it, though. Didn't they take it off their website or yeah, something Yeah, like they, they got a lot of heat. But they, they had their principles on their website for years. Yep. And once they started to grow in prominence last year and people started to pick up on it, and and some people would ask them questions, particularly on the, on the conservative media side. Um, you, now, they never got 
ask questions from Don Lemon or Roland Martin or any of the other media that they did, you know, sort of the corporate um, legacy media. But once they started to get those questions, they scrubbed it because they knew that that was a very, very unpopular take. But I think people should understand that that organization, you know, those those principles were a reflection of their worldview. And that's why I ask people all the time. If you start an environmental organization and then I go to your principles and you never mention the environment, that, that should be a red flag. So when you say you're against police violence and in your 13 principles, um, you never mention police, violence, men, boys. It's all about, you know, um, being queer affirming, transgender affirming, woman affirming, uh, black families and black villages that erase husbands and, and fathers. That should have been a red flag to people. But for whatever reason, you know, our, our, our society just they take whatever the top line is and they run with it. Yep. Corporations. They, yeah. s- they said, hey, this is safe. Let's run with that. Yeah. And you get a bunch of people living in New York City who run who work for advertising firms. Mm-hmm. So they're the ones who make those decisions. Yeah. Yeah. And Look, you, you see how, how that ended up. Let's swing it back to schools real quick. because we, sure. we have this story that's been going around. Utah teacher no longer employed after advocating vaccination and telling students she hates Trump. Alpine School District said that kind of behavior will not be tolerated. The video of her sharing her opinions in front of a class at Lehigh High School on Tuesday was shared widely on social media. And by Wednesday morning, the second day of the new school year, Alpine School District in Utah County confirmed she wasn't employed there anymore. Spokesman David Stevenson said in a statement that he cannot comment on personnel matters and would not say whether the teacher was fired, only that she wasn't working there now. Mm. She had originally originally been put on leave Tuesday while the district investigated. Quote, this behavior is inappropriate, not reflective of the professional conduct and decorum we expect of our teachers and will not be tolerated. Have you seen the video? I haven't. I've seen people sharing. I didn't get a chance to, to watch no. it. I uh, I don't agree with this. You don't I, agree I, with I, them I would have loved to have been in that class. Mm. I watched this video. She wasn't screaming at people. Mm-hmm. She was just giving her opinion and being loud. She was treating the kids like adults. They're high school kids. They're yeah. not school children. And so you had you had some you could hear some guys arguing with her, mm. and they were saying like no no like you know blah 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 and she's like well that's dumb you're dumb and I'm like man I would have killed to have had a teacher debate me or argue with me about politics in school treating me like an actual you know like human being instead of just no shut up you're stupid moving on do as I say or else she was actually talking to these kids now her opinions are dumb mm-hmm. they were really bad I just think about what would have happened if it was the other way around, where a teacher comes out and says, kids, like, listen, you've got to think for yourselves. You've got to plan ahead. Just because the media is saying Trump is bad doesn't mean he is. Right. Then all of a sudden they're like, oh, no, the teacher. So I'm fine with the teacher, you know, to a certain degree, talking to high school kids about, Mm. you know, about their opinions and allowing the kids to talk back. I mean, I am, too. But but you said she called them dumb for challenging her. She did. Okay, so that's a little bit different. Right, right, right. I'm all for critical thinking. I'm all for inquiry. I'm all for kids, particularly, you know, of a certain age, challenging, pushing back on their teachers. Um, but when the, the teacher still has a role of authority in the classroom, so if it'd be different if she said, let's engage on this issue. But if she's calling them dumb, that to me indicates that she is trying to shut down discussion, not encourage more of it. I just think she's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> like she didn't, she, she didn't say shut your mouth, yeah. stop talking. Yeah. She she actually engaged the student, and they had like she wasn't talking over. I mean, there, there's a bit of like argument and yeah, stuff. Yeah, of course. But I'm like, man, I, I'd love to be in a classroom where the students are being like, here's what I think, and then she's like, well, yeah. I don't think. Me too. That sounds like a good thing for these kids to see that, 
and to see these these people challenging it. Granted, I I still think maybe at the end of of the day, teachers shouldn't be going to classes to argue politics with their students, whether no, it's for it, or against no, Trump. It wastes everybody else's time. Yeah. So yeah. sit and listen to that. Exactly. And so as much as I would have enjoyed arguing with the teacher yeah. and her engaging me, I think the kids are there to be like. Look, we're going to talk about math and everything. Hmm. You can talk to your parents about the political stuff. Yeah. I, like you can set things. up. You can go in and talk to the teacher after class if you really want to shoot politics. You know, right. Talk about politics. Right. Yeah. I'm, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. She is a chemistry teacher. Oh. I don't really think that she ought to be talking about <laughs> politics. Yeah, do you? Yeah. Honestly. She yeah. like she squeezes in Trump stuff, you know. So <laughs> yeah. now we're going to be dealing with we have sodium here, and right. of course Trump's a salty mf that guy <laughs> yeah. sucks. And anyway, um, that's sodium chloride, by the way, sodium chloride or table salt, yeah. and salty like Trump. And I'll yeah. tell you what, <laughs> that would be funny. I, I I would enjoy that, you know. Like the the, the the issue I had with school was was the the callousness, mm. the cold, the condescension. So I watched that video and I'm like, man, my schools were just like, shut up, you're dumb, moving on. Wow. For her to be like, well, that's dumb or you're dumb. I'm kind of like, yeah, but she's talking to him and he's talking back. Yeah. So I think that's like one thing we need to do with kids is treat them like they're adults and not treat them like they're, they're stupid babies. I mean, I, I agree with that. I, I will say this. One, I'm surprised it's Utah. Uh, if you said uh, right, right. <laughs> Boston or, you know, Philly or Portland or something like that. They did fire her. I, yeah. She she did Fair. say a couple things that I think warranted discipline. She okay. said – uh, most of your parents are probably stupider, or you're, you're, most, you're, you're probably smarter than your parents, or your parents are dumber than you, or something like okay. that. That's and she said, good. and she said, don't listen to your parents. You, mm. you don't have to listen to your parents. See, that was the line. That's where schools get into trouble, where they try to undermine the authority of parents. And again, that's one of the big things that I think um, may draw people to, to home education is because in many in many respects, everything that we've seen play out in the last year. Um, I think has been in a struggle over authority where we see the state set itself up against citizens who say, my job is essential. If you, Mr. or Mrs. Governor, are drawing a check during the pandemic, why should I have to forego my pay when you've seen churches and local governments get into struggles over whether churches can open, right? Again, an issue of authority. Who, From church's perspective, who is the higher authority? Is it Christ or is it Caesar? And as it relates to education, it's schools setting themselves up as a as a higher authority than parents. Listen to us, right? We know better. We went to school. We have master's degree degrees. Don't listen to your parents. And I think for for whatever reason, parents have accepted that that is the natural order of things in college. But when schools start doing that with kids as early as three and introducing them to things that their parents don't necessarily know about, I'll give an example. In in many school districts, um, if if a child sort of exhibits signs of not even gender dysphoria, if, if the child says, "I'm questioning my gender," the schools will allow a child to socially transition. They'll use a different name, different pronouns in the school, but then not only will they not tell the parents when the parents come around, they will call Jimmy Jimmy in front of his parents to hide it, to hide it. And I think when you start to open those types of doors, all different types of things can, can come through. We had uh, a woman on the show. She was showing us a, a bunch of books, the critical race applied principle books. And yeah. one of them was, uh, it was called, was it Not My Idea? Not My Idea. Yep. And it was, it was Azra. Who, yeah, who Azra. Azra. Not My Idea. Oh, yeah. No, Azra. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Have you seen the book, Not My Idea? I have not, no. It's this little girl who looks like she's six or seven years old. And she says, like, one day, mommy was watching a video on the computer of a policeman. And, I, and then when I came up, she covers it and, you know, something like that. 
And then, you know, later on, there's this, they show this picture called the whiteness contract or whatever. Mm. And it's, it's a contract for a, with a devil tail and it says you'll steal from your neighbors and whatever. And then she says, you know, at, at the end, a little girl's in the car and starts screaming, I, you know, mm. no, you're lying to me. You're lying to me. Tell me the truth. Mm. I know the truth. And the mother's like, oh, no, what's happening? Okay, I guess I'll tell you. The whole book was basically priming children to defy what their parents were, were teaching them. Mm. We have seen uh, these teachers post these videos where they say, we are going to teach your kids things yes. you don't want them to. Yeah. There was the, the, the gay men's choir yeah, the, the viral that. video. As, yeah. w- tongue in cheek, whatever they want to call it, they said, we're, we're coming, are coming for your kids. Over and over again, yeah. thinking it was funny. Mm-hmm. But then they said, like, all the things you don't want them exposed to, we're going to expose them to. Mm-hmm. And their friends and everything. And it's like, dude, parents have a right to choose for their children what's best for them. Yeah. You do not own these kids. Yeah. But that's, that, that's the saying, the left doesn't have any kids. They have yours. Mm, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Even, you know, there's a there's a show that my kids like. Um it's called Bubble Guppies, so if you got any parents out there who have young children, they they'll know what it's what it's about. And they had RuPaul voice over a character um in one of the episodes. So the whole show takes place underwater, so the characters are like, you know, mini mermaids and fish and stuff like that. And at one point one of the characters they were talking about getting dressed during the day and they said, Yeah, it's a real drag. And you could tell that, you know, they're trying to <laughs> let the kids, the adults in on the joke. Right. Mm-hmm. And for me, the way I think about it in, in terms of the analogy that I would use is that um, th- there's a lot of different ways to um, to cook a steak. I'll say it that way. Right. But when you f- first pull it out of the fridge, it's not ready for the frying pan. So you can pulverize it or you can tenderize it. And you pulverize with policy and you tenderize with culture. Mm. And and really what the left is trying to do in terms of their, their tenderizing is marinate us in these things. And they want to get the kids in as young as possible. Yep. Because when you're being marinated, you know, the spices and, you know, the aroma and, and, it, and it smells good and it, you think it tastes good. But those fibers that have been so tough and, and so um, unforgiving for a long time are being sort of broken down. And that's how you get people who are open to ideas, whatever the transgression is, because the left is all about subversion of any sort of social norm. Um, and I think that's what you're seeing. And that's the reason why they think it's appropriate to have RuPaul on a show for kids that's, you know, from two to seven years old. We, we covered the story. Australia is building alternative quarantine hubs with relocatable cabins, they call it. Mm. Um, sounds like a camp, right? And so the idea is that, oh, the hotels weren't working, so we're going to build a hub for people to quarantine in, and we're going to have color-coded communities so that we know what area they're in. And we had people on Super Chat saying, oh, come on, Tim. We tried quarantining people in hotels, and it wasn't working, so we're just making something more efficient. And I'm like, yeah, that's called incrementalization. Right. It's where they're like, you are now defending the camp because it's within your reasonable boundaries. And the funny thing is, I've long explained the function of uh, moral manipulation what, through what's called uh, – um, it's resetting re- resetting a person's boundaries, right? Mm-hmm. So the way I describe it is imagine there's a scale of negative 100 to positive 100, and then you're at zero. Negative 100 means you absolutely despise a person to the point where you would physically harm them, and positive 100 means marriage in a family. Mm-hmm. You're at zero. A person's reasonable boundaries only go from negative 10 to positive 10. You, right. you, you can only, so what, what that means is you can't walk up to a random person and say, you know, go hit that guy. They're going to be like, I, what? I'm, no, I don't know who that right, is. Right. Or go kiss, go, go kiss that, that person, right? They're going to be like, no, I, that's, that's insane. But you can say, 
slightly in one direction or the other. Like, hey, that person called you a mean name or, mm. hey, that person made, made a nice compliment. And you move them within that boundary. After a certain amount of time in that, ba- in, in that space, their boundary is reset. Oh, yeah. So this is how they incrementalize you, right? Mm-hmm. If, if, if three years ago they announced we're going to be building a major quarantine camp to, with relocatable cab- cabins to house high-risk populations, people would be like, what? Right. But you start with the hotels – and then you go, oh, no, the hotels, oh, it's such a disaster. And then people go, well, just build a place then. You're right. We'll build a place. It was right. your idea. Right, right, right. That makes more sense. Yeah. And it depends on who's building it. Mm-hmm. If Trump was building the hotels, oh, yeah, right. it would be a very, very different reaction than, wow. than you know, if, if Biden builds them. So I, I think I think what you described is sort of the, the Overton window put into practice for people. Right. You know, and, and I think a lot of us have been moved in one direction or the other. And you can see it's almost like for some people, they, they have a desire to be controlled by the government. Right. It's like they're looking. Well, well, and I found this particularly after after people started getting vaccinated, where I would hear people say I'm fully vaccinated, but I'm double masking while I'm riding my bicycle <laughs> and nobody's around in the woods. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, why would you do that? Well, some health professional said I should. I was like, don't you think you have the ability to make your own rational decisions? And. It's, it's, it's unfortunate because I think, again, all of these things are linked because a lot, a lot of us have not learned to think critically, to, to challenge authority, um, you know, in whatever respectful way, whatever that looks like. And I think you're starting to see the byproduct of that, you know, in, well, in you, our country. You were mentioning, you know, you had written for The Root at one point. Mm-hmm. Would, would you consider yourself to have been a leftist at that point? I, I've never been a leftist. No, I, I've always had what people would deem traditional views. I, I'm conversant in sort of, at, and at that point when I was writing for The Root, I would say they were more liberal than leftists. Mm-hmm. Right. They've definitely mm-hmm. taken a harder shift now, I'd say, over the last seven years. But you had critical thinking capabilities. You seemed like a smart guy, and so you were just sticking to your principles and mm-hmm. what you think makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, w- w- when we talk about the leftists and the socialists, mm-hmm. I don't think, you know, critical thought... No extends very far no there are some people i've met who have been fairly smart and are just wrong but there's a lot of people who just i gotta pull up this story (laughs) we got a good one from newsweek.com socialist magazine current affairs fires staff for trying to organize workers co-op how many times do you need to see these stories to realize that these leftist institutions, that, that magazines or, or media publications, they claim to be progressive or have socialist values. And then the moment someone tries to unionize, which mm. is like a core tenet of you know labor rights, they fire these people. Yep. You know what the funniest thing about it is? is like For me, they would call me right or far right or whatever. And I'm like, more power to my staff if they – I don't care or whatever. Like I really don't understand – why you know the Young Turks did it? Mm-hmm. They had that story where like some guy was trying to unionize and, and Jenk Uger's like screaming at him, like slams papers on the ground, and I'm like, you guys are the progressives who advocate for this. Yeah. So so let me let me just read a little bit and then we'll dive in. The founder of the socialist magazine Current Affairs has reportedly effectively fired several staff members after they tried to organize a workers' co-op. Former employees claimed in a letter on Wednesday. The letter, which was addressed to comrades by several employees. Of the, of the print and digital magazine that focuses on topics from a left-wing perspective, said they had been effectively fired by the founder, Nathan J. Robinson, who has also authored a book, Why You Should Be a Socialist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is that grifting? Wow. In a tweet accompanying the letter, managing and amusement editor Lita Gold wrote, 
I am grieved to tell you that Nathan J. Robson has effectively fired me and most of the current affairs staff because we're trying to organize into a workers' co-op. This isn't a bit. I wish it was. Wow. Wow. I don't think these, you know, I I guess what he said was that, you know, socialism in in, in practice is a lot easier, or or, I'm sorry, in In theory theory. is a lot easier than it is in practice. So why would you fire them, though? I really don't know. Look, I, I run a company. We've got employees. Mm-hmm. And when these stories have come up, I've always thought, like, I don't understand why these people care so much. Yeah. I mean, as someone who has, you know, some experience working in the government, unionization is, is a, is a you know, a tricky issue because in some respect, yeah, you know, collective bargaining and, and you know, the benefits of being in a union. But oftentimes it makes doing work somewhat more difficult which is why i think one of the reasons you see a lot of left-leaning um institutions fight against charter schools is because charter schools typically don't have unionized teachers the teachers unions don't have as much power over charters as they do over government schools so um i mean i I could see how it gets complicated an employer might feel like you know if if their staff unionizes that they are going to lose some power which they very well might but the, the irony, the delicious irony, is that this happens all the time with the left. <laughs> I think you've seen it with defund the police. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking my mind always goes to Seattle where the mayor allowed, you know, radicals and, and anarchists to take over, you know, part of her city. And she said, you know, Chop, Chop Chaz is a summer of love. Until a member of the city council marched them to her house. Yep. <laughs> then she shut it down like the next day. Yep. You, you see this all of the time where it's like they make rules for, for the little people to follow that they don't want to follow themselves. And I think that is one of the fundamental flaws and weaknesses of that particular line of thinking, that worldview, is that it's always going to eat itself. You know what I was thinking? I'm just like, this guy for the Socialist Magazine is probably, and I mean this, to the right of me politically. Right. Because as much, I, I think, it, look, I can I can favor certain economic policies, but I, I really do think, well, I'll put it this way, idealistically, mm. I'm, I'm pretty left libertarian. Realistically, I'm kind of like centrist, like moderate liberal type. Mm-hmm. Although that's politically homeless at this point because yeah. I don't know what makes sense. But, you know, when I'm thinking about a union forming, I'm like, yeah, I don't care if they come and they're like, hey, we want all these things. I'll be like, is it possible? Okay. I don't know why I need all that power or why I need to be debating people if, like, this is what they're looking for. Now, I can certainly understand when they bring in external unions Mm -hmm. and then they just, you know, can meddle in the affairs and all that stuff that that I get. But I think about, like, Cenk Uygur of the Young Turks when he snapped at his employees. It's because they personally want power. Right. They're authoritarian. Right. They're capitalists. Hey, more power to them. Right. But they're masquerading as progressives. Right. I mean, it's the same thing going back to BLM. Right. They, by the end of 2020, Patrice Cullors had, I think she had a deal with Time Warner. Oh, she had um, five houses. She, she had amassed a, a pretty impressive real estate portfolio. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the leaders were living, living pretty high on the hog. And it just shows, goes to show you that capitalism in our country, as imperfect as, as it is, and, and really a lot of it is corporatism, but let's, for the sake of argument, Capitalism is so powerful in this country that even Marxists can find a market and make money off of it. <laughs> yes. Love it. Capitalism is so powerful that even the socialists are capitalists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Man. You, you, you saw that. For, so for all their talk, and whether it's them or Colin Kaepernick, I mean, these are some well-heeled revolutionaries. That's, that's for sure. <laughs> it's true. 
it's like a revolution in the revolution. They decided, you know, we can just make money doing this. Yeah. It's like the Ibram Kendi thing you mentioned. Yeah. He's not yeah. actually going to come out and be like, hey, this ID thing is wrong. No. I mean, there, there's a great opportunity for him to like – think about this. If he was principled, so maybe he'll do it. I don't think he will. Maybe he will. I don't – could you imagine – he has an opportunity right now to come out and say, I told you this. Yeah. I told you the state would do this. De Blasio is racist and he's doing it right now. And in yeah. fact, people would probably be like, De Blasio is racist. We don't like him. And, 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 and that's why I, part of the reason I wrote the article, because I, I would be truly, um, curious to see whether he would take such a principled position or any of his acolytes, not just him, right? He may not do it, but to see anyone who believes in his version of quote unquote anti-racism, I would love to see them actually take that principal step and say, we said that any policy that has disproportionate impacts on different ethnic groups is racist. This one has it. We're calling it racist and we stand by it. Imagine getting to stand up at a press conference and say, we warned you. Yeah. We begged you. Yeah. The government would do this. And it is a Democrat who did it to our, in our faces. You'd, you'd, ha- you'd have just like, look at, look at, look at, we're right. Yeah. But they don't want to do it because then they're actually going up against their political agenda. Right. And, and I mean, talk about strange bedfellows. If Ibram Kendi ends up being the patron saint of the rights anti-vaccine <laughs> mandate push, right? If, if he is on a stage with Ted Cruz and they're both saying <laughs> we're both against vaccine mandates, we may be against them for different reasons. Yeah. I mean, I think everybody would freak out at that point. See, that's principle, right? Right. So, I, you know, I, I'll take it to... Um, Joe Biden, he gave that speech on, on Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. And a lot of conservatives are just saying it was bad. It was awful. Then you had Clar- 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 uh, Clarissa Ward, CNN reporter mm-hmm. on the ground in Afghanistan. She's wearing the burqa. Mm-hmm. And she said they're chanting death to America, but they're also seemingly friendly. It's bizarre. And what happened? A lot of conservatives cut out the it's bizarre part yeah. and only showed the first part. It's very clear when you when you add the it's bizarre. She was contrasting what they were saying and doing as two different things. Right. Granted, I do think her words were you know poorly poorly chosen. But in terms of Biden's speech, Cassandra Fairbanks, a good friend of mine, said she actually thought it was a good speech because he said things that needed to be said. Like we shouldn't be you know passing the buck on this war. We shouldn't be sending our our, our you know kids to go fight this. But when you're speaking on principle, you will often find that the people who follow you get mad because yeah. they might be speaking on tribe for for tri- pr- tribal reasons. So you know, following someone like Mike Cernovich. He's he's criticized Trump a lot, and and the Trump supporters get mad at him like, oh, what happened to you? And he's like, I'm being honest. Yeah. I'm telling you exactly how I feel as I've always done. So if 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 Kendi and these other critical race theorists were actually functioning on principle, they'd have come out in two seconds and been like, we're, no way, no, 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 no. Absolutely, absolutely. And and I mean, I know there are all different types of policy areas, you know, social, domestic, economic, political, that. A person like Kendi could apply, you know, his principles. Um, if Black Lives Matter was really an honest slogan and an honest organization, they would plant themselves in front of every Planned Parenthood in, in the black community, which Planned Parenthoods typically target communities of color. And um, the same people who will say we're against liquor stores and the people pushing cigarettes in low income black communities for some reason, they don't take that same approach when it comes to uh, Planned Parenthood. But uh, Kendi wouldn't do that because in New York City, and a lot of people don't know this, about half of all um, of black women's pregnancies end in abortion in mm-hmm. New York City. Mm-hmm. So half of all black babies are aborted in New York City. Um, if you want to talk about something that's systemic, there it is. But again, his his anti-racism is only useful to their position 
to the extent that it furthers their political goals. So certain things they'll say, you know what, we'd rather talk about these 19 police shootings a year than talk about, you know, street crime or abortion or the state of urban education. You know, those are those are different issues for a different day. So I, I just looked it up on live action or is it live action? Live action. Live action. Live action. Mm-hmm. And they said that uh, black women account for 38% mm-hmm. of all U.S. abortions. Mm-hmm. That sounds really creepy. It's true. That's true. That's true. And so, so that's why, for me, I always question. I, I, I think, like, how, uh, how do I put this? I mean, someone really has to be doing a number on you for you to think that it makes sense to give 90% of your political support to a party whose central policy, or one of them, I'd probably say the top three, is to keep your population at exactly 13%. That, that's what I was thinking when you started talking about it. I'm like, Planned Parenthood's been around for a long, long time. What is yeah. it, 100 years or something? Yeah. And, they, and they, uh, I was looking at a map from Planned Parenthood, and they do have a bunch of minority mm-hmm. area centers. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, like, I wonder what the, per- the population size would have been for the black and Hispanic community if Planned Parenthood wasn't doing that. Yeah. And considering 38% of all abortions, that's, a, that's an extremely disproportionate number. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and I mean, again, they, they the, the Democrats talk a good game about race, but you know where their, where their uh, policy priorities lie because every time a Supreme Court nominee comes up, they don't ask them their views on Brown versus Board of Ed. They ask them their views on Roe versus Wade. So that is one of their central policies. And for whatever reason, um, you know, black leaders don't question it. And so I always ask people, I say, do you think the the position of most black Americans would be the same on abortion if it was Republicans who were pushing it? If if Ted Cruz was the one saying, no, we need more abortion clinics in Houston and Dallas, <laughs> do you really think that black voters would respond the same? And I've yet to get a good answer to that. But that's one of those things where, um, for me, when I write, part of what I'm trying to do is recapture some of the territory that the left has taken um, while while some of the leaders in my community, quote unquote, have been asleep at the wheel, mm. that's a strategy for conservatives, I guess. Yeah, just just come out and be like, you know, what we thought about it. Yeah, they're right. Keep doing it, and then have people be like, wait, but they're racists. I mean, and all of a sudden, like, no, no, that's okay. We agree. That, that, that's the age old thing, right? If, if you want, <laughs> if you want teenagers to stop doing something, just get their parents to do it and say, hey, <laughs> look, we're getting tattoos all over our face. We're smoking, you know, six packs a we're day. We're just like you right. now. And this, oh, well, I don't want to be like my parents. <laughs> so, you know, I, I have a question. Um, they say that uh, what, what's the saying that the, the the path to the electorate in the black community is through the church mm. or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. You, you've heard something like that. I, I have. Um, I think that may be an outdated way of thinking, particularly yeah. for younger generations. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Now, people, let's say, you know, black voters over sixty-five who are still heavily church going. I could see that. So, I mean, you saw that in, in the Democratic primary where Biden captured South Carolina, you know, on the strength of a lot of older black female voters, many of whom are church going. The younger demographic, that is a lot less the case. Um, so you can see that shift in the civil rights movement from a faith based movement into a more sort of secular, secular humanist uh, movement. BLM has nothing to do. And not Marxist. Right. And, and now outright Marxist. Um, so, so I think for younger generations, that's less the case. I think in many respects, uh, the church has a lot less influence in the black community than it used to. 
I would actually take a, a more controversial position on why that is because for a lot of people, they think of the black church as primarily a service provision organization. It's basically the NAACP, but with a, a sort of, a, you know, a spiritual twist to it. Um, I would argue that bl- the black church has lost a lot of its significance because it stopped preaching the gospel. Um, and it's losing people because as more and more black folk got, you know, became more economically uh, independent and more upwardly mobile, the need for a service provision organization went away. And the church's relevance has waned a lot since, you know, Dr. King's age. But I'm, I'm sure for a lot of Democratic pollsters, they still think that the church is the way to go. But in 50 years, I would be curious to see, you know, what, what that looks like. Is that good or bad? Uh, which part? The, the, the loss of influence from the church. Oh, it's, it's terrible. I think, I think in general, the loss of um, the decline in religious affiliation is is bad for the country and i I say it this way and and i realize people have all different types of you know um political views and theological views and and i respect that um i do think that there's a place in the public square for uh, religious people um i think that this last couple of years has shown that there's an innate need in humanity to worship something for a lot of us, politics has filled that void yeah. that religion used to, to, to fill. And, and that's why you see, you know, the, the, the sort of political partisanship almost take on a religious feel. Now, I, I would sort of make the argument tongue in cheek that for the right, that looks a little bit more Catholic, small c. So where you have a, a figure like Trump who almost f- functions as a pope, the things that he says to some of his supporters that he says from his office, you know, ex cathedra are almost like the gospel to them. Mm-hmm. And on the left, I would liken that more to a more Protestant, small p type of religion because there's always something to protest. There's always it's environmentalism, it's uh, racism, sexism, homophobia, transphobia, xenophobia, and that desire to find something to give my life some meaning. Um, you, you see that playing out in our in our you know day to day discourse on politics and in in every other area. So, I think again as a Christian, I, I would ob- obviously I am I want to advance a, a biblical Christian worldview. Um, I realize other people have different views, but I think part of what makes America America is to have that public square, um, and I think protecting that you know. Uh, you know, I, I think of Frederick Douglass, he talked about the three boxes of liberty. He talked about um, the jury box, the ballot box, and the cartridge box. Was that Frederick Douglass? Yeah. I would Smart add a fourth man. one, the soap box. Oh. Right? And I think having an, uh, a robust First Amendment where people can come and debate and discuss issues, whether they have the same worldview, the same political ideology or not, that's something that we need to, to have a healthy, functioning republic. Was that Frederick Douglass said that cartridge boxes? Sure. I don't know if they had cartridges. What, what? Oh no, they definitely had cartridges back I'm in the 1800s. Yeah, three up. boxes of liberty. I'm not sure if he was the first person to say it, but he's probably the most famous person to say talked about the three boxes of liberty. Right mm-hmm. on. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a good quote either way. Man, it just makes me. I, I think, uh, you know, we we 
have a shared moral framework, whatever this faction might end up being. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not a Christian. I grew up Catholic mm-hmm. for briefly. I do believe in God, but um, I have my own like weird spirituality and worldview or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I but I do have a moral framework that is built upon the traditions of you know Judeo Christian uh, faith, mm-hmm. and I, I obviously recognize that. And I think a lot of people in America do. And one of the examples I often use is that Bill is Bill Maher. Mm. Bill Maher very clearly holds values that are rooted in a Judeo-Christian moral framework, mm. notably the right of the innocent to be uh, you're innocent until proven guilty, right. which is Blackstone's for- rooted in Blackstone's formulation, which is rooted in the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. If there's but one righteous person, and I will not dis- right. destroy the destroy city. The city. Right. But the woke don't have that moral framework. No, they have a lack of a moral framework. Mm-hmm. And so I was, I was I've been thinking about this for a while, you know, about why it is that they're we're so diametrically opposed, and and what the factions really are. And I'm like, well, they don't have a moral framework at all. To, yesterday they can say X is good. Tomorrow they'll say X is bad. Right. You know, the, if it, enough people say that X is bad. Right. So there's yeah. no there's no grounded moral framework. It's literally just what the group says is so. Whereas for me, I'm like, I don't care what the group says. I know my moral framework. Yeah. Yeah. So so I, I think a lot of what a lot of our political debates are sort of um, geometric debates. Right. It's about drawing lines. The question is, where is the line going to be drawn, and by what standard? So the the left definitely is religious as i said it's just that religion may be a religion of self it may be you know a religion of scientism or safetyism but the the way that the woke um sort of frame their arguments oftentimes in the religious you know with religious language slavery and racism as original sin right um talking about issues like reparations as it relates to paying off a debt which again draws on on some you know christian language in terms of uh what believers believe that christ did on the cross right to to pay a debt for sinners the problem with the wokes religion is that its god is never fully and finally satisfied so the christian believes that christ paid our sin debt on the cross with his death burial and resurrection but for the left its god is never propitiated there's there's no forgiveness no forgiveness so they they believe in sin the same way that that i do right microaggressions that's that's what it is it's you know small sins i mispronounce your name i i thought you were the wrong hispanic guy in the office oh and now i have to get you know smacked on the hand by hr so so they believe in some of the same principles in terms of of sin and offense and uh, atonement it's just as i said their God is never satisfied. And I think you see that that saga, that um, that cosmic saga is playing out in our politics on a, on a day-to-day basis. It'll be interesting in 10 years when these, when these kids either, you know, I hear a lot of stories that young kids are anti-woke because they're telling their, their, their teachers, the teachers, like, the, who wants to be like their teacher? Yeah. The yeah. teacher comes out and the teacher's a loser, you know? <laughs> the, ki- the kids don't view the teachers as cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think... I mean, there's always, I learned this, you know, taking engineering, like there's always, you know, you swing a pendulum one way, it eventually is going is to swing back. Um, I'd be curious to see what that looks like, mm. uh, you know, whether kids take on a certain anti-authoritarian strain. Sometimes it's hard to see that because when I see kids who are four and five years old, when as soon as they get out of the car, the first thing they're doing is reaching for their mask. Even my two-year-old, my now he's three, at the time he was two. We were going, we would, you know, go somewhere. And he said, Dad, where's my mask? And I'm like, man, you don't need a mask. We're, <laughs> we're outside. We're in the park. Just go and play. 
but a lot of our kids are being um, conditioned um, in the same way that adults are. And I, I hope what we don't end up seeing is an even larger increase in anxiety and depression and neuroticism and all the other things that we've been seeing play out for, you know, the better part of the last 20 years. Yeah, man. Well, we can be optimistic um, to the best of our abilities. For sure. I'm, 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 I, I teeter back and forth sometimes depending on what's going on. You know, mm. there, I, there's optimism in, you know, we, we already shouted out Michael Mouse. Shout him out again. He's very optimistic. He mm. says, these people are so dumb. How could you possibly be pessimistic? <laughs> and I'm like, it's not a bad point, you know. But, a, but zombies are dumb, and a lot of zombies can overrun a city, you know. So That's true. My, my, my hope is that eventually people's eyes will open. So whether it's foreign policy in Afghanistan whether it's people who were saying defund the police last year, saying refund the police this year, all of these issues, the, the socialist who's, who fires all of his employees <laughs> and want to unionize. That was so good. What I'm hoping is that people see that the people that we think are elites and the smartest people in our society have no idea what they're doing. And honestly, in many respects, like we were talking about homeschooling, nobody has done more to advocate and advance the cause of school choice and homeschooling than the teachers' unions. They have done a way better job of promoting homeschooling than any GOP politician ever could. Mm -hmm. So when you see how, how not just corrupt but incompetent the leadership class is, it'll make people say, you know what, why should I listen to these people? They have no idea what they're talking about, about anything. So Yeah, right on. Well, let's go to Super Chats. If you haven't already, give us a, a nice little smash that like button for Ian. You love tap. <laughs> and subscribe to the channel and share with your friends. We're going to have a members-only segment, which comes up around 11 or so p.m., so make sure you hang around for that. And go to TimCast.com. Subscribe if you want to watch it. Let's read some of the Super Chats. Common Sense Fishing says, a little common sense goes a long way. Like Tim said, get out of the cities. May I add, also, learn how to fish. Mm. I also have a fishing channel, by the way. LOL, Ian. And you guys would love a day fishing on a boat. Tight lines. Mm-hmm. I'd love to just go on a boat and go fishing. I'm not a big, not big into it. My dad used to take me fishing when I was little, and I, and I remember their bulging eyes and, and <laughs> gasping for life as I would yank them out. I'm like, what was the point of it? And then we'd throw it back in the water. I was like, why did we do it? He's like, it's fun. And I was like, I don't. So we we got this fungus ice cream today. I saw an article about it. I'm, I'm, I got the idea because you mentioned the bulging eyes and gasping for life, and it's uh-huh, like a vegan. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's it's animal free dairy. They genetically engineered a fungus to make mm. whey protein. Interesting. And so now it's like they made ice cream with it. And so I was I was like, we got to try it. Ew. Let's see if it – oh, it's legit. Mm-hmm. It's called Brave Robot. And I was surprised. It's like whey from fungus is the future. Yeah. They're going <laughs> to grow your meat in a Petri dish. I know you're shaking pass. your head. Pass. <laughs> I'll pass. No, you wouldn't even know it if you tasted it. But once I do know it, I won't want to yeah, chase it. Never <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but that's that's your that's your solution, Ian. We can uh, we can make fish protein from a fungus, and then you can just eat that. Okay. <laughs> All right, we got uh, we got Matthew Gregory here. He says, "My brother-in-law passed away recently, mm. and a GoFundMe was started to help with funeral expenses. Since I've heard people advertise for businesses on here, any help would be appreci- appreciated at Christopher Roten Funeral Expenses. That's." Christopher, R-H-O-T-E-N. Mm. Um, sorry to hear it, man. I, I wish you guys the best. Hopefully your GoFundMe works out and uh, you know people can donate. That would be fantastic. Yeah. Ameridos America says, take a look at the intro to the game Shattered Union. Seems to have a lot of similarities to what's going on. Mm. 
All right, this one's short but good. Mike Hockey says, I'm surrounded by nuts. <laughs> I wonder if that's figurative or literal, like you're sitting in a room full of, like, almonds or something. <laughs> Too many almonds. Yeah. Okay, what is this? Legim- uh, Legima Thigayan, I think I'm pronouncing that right. Fear not, comrades. The magical unicorn gumdrop rainbow and fairy Marxist utopia is at hand. Mm. Dear leader Kamala shall lead us to the glorious victory yes. over vile specter of the working class white people, capitalism, rape culture, cis-heteronormative patriarchy, and male privates. Mm. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you I for censored that. that last part because they just – this is YouTube. They don't, they, don't, they don't, you know, they don't like naughty words. All right. Let's see. Crandall Logan says, amazing news to share, Mr. Poole. I have just gotten my first handgun, the Taurus Judge Revolver. It is a three-inch barrel and a three-inch chamber. It is chambered in 45 long Colt and two-and-a-half to three-inch 410 bore shotgun shells. I am so excited. I, too, am a uh, owner of the judge and um, the governor. I have them both. How, how are you? How do you feel about guns? Do you have guns? Yeah. <laughs> I have a question. <laughs> um, I believe in the Second Amendment, um, you know, and I think. Every law-abiding citizen should avail themselves of, of their rights. Mm. So I'm, I'll say this. I grew up in New York. I had a very, very different relationship with guns, firearms growing up. Um, when I was coming up, gun meant someone is trying to kill somebody else, right? Rarely did you hear about people shooting a burglar or a robber. Um, my wife is from Texas. She grew up in a very different culture as it related to guns. And my views have evolved over the years but I, I will say this I think as many you know as I do on many issues I believe in more responsibility for the individual and I take my family's safety and security as my primary responsibility so whatever you know tools that a person wants to use to make that happen I'm, I'm all for that's so, a good way to put it yeah or uh, uh, Kiarena Sounds like she agrees with you, Ian. She says, Tim, it almost, uh, it's almost like the Biden admin did this to justify the U.S. going back in. I don't know, but it's hard to believe the government oversight is this bad. Mm. I, you know, but Biden's mm. so incompetent. Maybe that's, that's the, the grand conspiracy was they were like, we need to be believable. When we, when, when, when we screw up so bad, we have to go back in. <laughs> Biden will be believable. The Republicans will call him demented for months. Then when Afghanistan fails, no one will believe it was on purpose. Mm. Mm. I don't think it was on purpose. I think Biden is just yeah. not with it he's not there and there's no there's no there's no central force in the decision making process so uh there was uh, i think it was millie who said when they said why didn't you evacuate people through bagram air force base which is a military installation and he said i was ordered to guard the embassy mm. so somebody told him to do something else it's probably biden mm. yep all right let's see james m says blowback Tell that to all the Afghanis we abandoned and our allies who rely on our protection. Being willing to fight evil makes us stronger. Man, it's a it's it's a tough situation. Some people are saying I'm shilling for the, the deep state by saying that there's sometimes reasons for intervention, which I'm like, I'm not necessarily saying it's a good thing. I'm, I'm fairly anti-intervention. And then others are saying, like, no, we have to defend our allies. Yo, look, I, I'm not the arbiter of morality and truth. I'm just telling you what I think, and you can tell me I'm wrong all day and night. I'm fine I with it. I think you made a good point about about how if we just sat here and never got involved that some some authoritarian government would surround us and yeah. then we'd basically be starved out from siege warfare economically and so like we gotta we gotta instill what i want to do my goal is to instill these values of freedom that we have in the united states across the world to every human hmm. to give them all access to running water 
internet, electricity, transportation, food, shelter. It, I don't know that we can do that politically. We definitely, I don't definitely don't think we can do it through like Democrat Republican uh, party politics. Mm. It, it's like you got to do it on an individual level and then and then show people that extrapolate the individual process. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. See, but, but, but what I heard you say just now, you talked about, you know, food, shelter, running water. I hear um, resources, not necessarily the values of freedom. Because someone would make the argument that a central government, right, a socialist government would provide those things. But so they don't – I don't necessarily see having those resources be pro- being provided in every country as necessarily being linked to – our understanding of freedom. I, I, I think they can be, but um, someone would, make, as I said, make the argument that you don't need a free market economy, you don't need liberal democracy in order to provide water, food, and shelter to your citizens. And, if, and in fact, they may say you can provide those things more effectively through a centralized planned government than you can you know, free enterprise. Yeah, I would like to use the military to build solar-powered water condensation across the world in, mm. like, desert tribes and cities and houses and stuff like that. But forcing freedom, I mean, good point. Mm. Uh, how do you do that? Yeah. Do you- yeah. All right, we got Ted, too. He says, active military. The other day we did a brief exercise on care for casualties followed by an entire day of sharp slash EO training. Mm. Soldiers were essentially told that they think like rapists and any pushback was steamrolled. Oh. Wow. Creepy. Wow. I don't like that. Yeah. Uh, Taka Nokage says, I can't stop thinking this was done on purpose, not incompetence. No. Crazy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Hanlon's razor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Especially with Biden. He's proven he's not, you know. <laughs> yeah. Swing Dip says, just saw your Nolly hard flip rewind video. I had no idea you could shred like that. When will we see a Tim Pool skate video at the compound? I mean, we in one of the vlogs, I did a hang 10 hard flip. And uh, you can look Hang 10 Hard Flip up on YouTube from my buddy Brett Novak's channel. And this is this is the craziest thing. There's a video of me skateboarding when I was, I think I was like 18 or 19. That's from like, it's one of the first videos ever on YouTube. Mm. Oh. And it had like 5,000 views for a decade. <laughs> and now it has like um, like half a million or something. It's a great video. Because people keep getting suggested it. And it's just a video of me skating when I was like a teenager. Wow. And it's not like the greatest skateboarding in the world. It's just a few like little you know silly tricks I was doing. That's how the value of, of producing a lot of work. If you want to be successful, because the stuff eventually, if you keep making work, one will break you through. Yeah. And then they go back and watch your entire oh, yeah. body. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's true. Well, you can go watch that, I guess. But you know, we'll we'll uh, we'll get some skate videos at some point. I was uh, I was I was actually skateboarding the other day. I've been rollerblading quite a bit. Something new, something fun. But I was skateboarding the other day, too, because some of the guys out here, we got more people working, and so we've got some skateboarders, and it's a lot of fun. All right, let's see. Mac3N says, just wanted to say that your stream yesterday was good, but it hit the feels hard. Myself and a lot of my army buddies are having issues with the way the withdrawal happened. Mm -hmm. Keep doing what you're doing. Your work helps people more than you know. Hey, man, really appreciate it. Yeah. Well, we, we, we called out to people we knew had experience. We, you know, Jack Posobiec, uh, he served, but he wasn't in Afghanistan. And Forrest was an Army Ranger in Afghanistan. And I was like, these would be perspectives that I think would be good, you know, to have on and, and talk with. So I talked to Forrest after the show. We were hanging out outside and, and talking about post-traumatic stress. And mm-hmm. he, he had a very insightful comment about it that a lot of soldiers in combat – Combat's the most real thing you're ever going to experience. Everything mm-hmm. else 
dies away and you just see what's happening. You see your buddy freaking out and you push him on the ground and get the job done. And then when you come back here and you see people talking past each other, afraid to be honest, the crap. Like, this is the fake. Yeah. And that's that has this impact on people that, that people, the civilians don't necessarily know how real life can be. Yeah. So I empathize yeah. with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mike Sullivan says, with all due respect, Tim, you say that at least we are finally out. We now have twice the troops in the country we did a month ago. If 10K Americans are trapped, how many more do you see in the next month? You are correct. Mm. Yep. And what, what, so I'll, I'll rephrase. I think it's good that we're making moves to get out, and we should. But the problem is Biden screwed it up so bad. I It, it almost feels like it's on purpose, to be completely honest, because now you've got people being like, like, okay, okay, can we at least stabilize it and then leave maybe in a month or a couple months? It'll turn into forever. It'll turn into another 20 years. Yep. You know, maybe what happens is Biden resigns in disgrace or his 25th Amendment did. And then Kamala Harris is like, I will not be the one to see these innocent people suffer. And then, you know, you get more troops and more mm-hmm. troops and more troops. We've got the militant Islamic caliphate now is, is building up there. What are they mm-hmm. called? The, the caliphate of Afghanistan or something? Yeah. Wow. That's what Over. we did to Iran. <laughs> Little Tales Farm says, Tim, our I am Samani eggs hatch in a week. We will record the process for everyone to see on our channel. Thanks for all the good vibes you send. We love the show and are big supporters of you and your crew. Thank you very much. We have three baby chicks. Um, two of them are Leghorn Rhode Island Red mixes. Oh, I that, that's Margaret and Roberto. Roberto's the Rhode Island Red. He's a rooster. And then we have it's an Easter egg or chicken, but I don't know exactly which one. And so there's a little tiny brown chick, which is very cute. And then there's two yellow poofy with like one's got like a little uh, like cool haircut. It's got like black hair. And the other one's got like a little brown spot. Hmm. Little and munchies. and we've got uh, 12, no, I think we have 11 more eggs in the incubator right uh, now starting wow. a new cycle, which is a really bad idea because winter's coming, which means we're going to have to keep them, we're going to we're gonna have to build a heated indoor space for oh, them. Boy. But that would be fun. Yeah. Not hard to do and we can film it and it'll be fun. And Chicken City is going to end up with like, what is that going to, what is that going to give us? Like 21? Oh gosh. No, no, 24. <laughs> yeah. Lots I of chickens. chickens. I love the way they run. They're so cute. <laughs> Follow each well, other. Little dinosaurs. Well, what yeah. we're, so the, the chickens that we originally raised, they like wobble. we bought when they were a couple weeks old. Hmm. So they never really liked us. Yeah. You could hold them, but for the most part, they'd you know, get away from me. And now they're adult chickens. And there's only one, Vanessa. She'll walk up to you and she'll hang out. And you can actually very slowly pet her. The rest of them just like scream and run. And Rooster will run up and go like in your face. <laughs> but... Because we hatched and are raising these now, hmm. they're probably gonna be very, very human friendly. Yeah. And they'll probably hang out and like walk up to you and like, you know, look around, that'll be cool. Chickens are great. They're funny. And they're food. Mm. That's oh. that is true. All right. The last of my kind says, had a scary moment. I live just outside the city limits of Houston, and city workers went door to door passing out vaccine info, but I overheard them reporting over radio which houses were vaxxed. What? Interesting. Wow. Wow. I mean, I'm not necessarily surprised, but. All right. Nathan O'Connell says, with the executive branch in shambles, do you think the next move is to quickly pass a bill through to nationalize police force? Any form of wrong, wrong think will get you in a camp or in jail. Last ditch effort to hold onto power coming up next. They need a lot more before they can do something like that. Mm. Maybe the Delta variant, maybe the, was it Lambda or Epsilon, the, the Epsilon and then Lambda. Maybe there's a major lockdown and then they say, oh no, we have no choice. It's hard in America, man. Yeah. We got it. We got a First Amendment and a second. 
makes it very, very difficult. Dude, decentralized police is legit. Mm-hmm. That was something I learned living in Chile is mm-hmm. seeing the national cops all over the place because they don't have it's every everyone's a fed. Yeah. Every cop is a fed yeah. in Chile. So if the, if the president says do it, they, the they entire national police force acts terrifying. Yeah. Let it never happen. Mm-hmm. John Curry says, Tim, a bunch of businesses in NYC are suing NYC over the vaccine passports. They are not all just accepting it. Yes. We did, we did go over that the other day, and I'm glad to see it. That's, that's a good thing. Hankin Around says, Tim, you're glad the troops are out at, at the risk of seeing an American assassinated every day for 30 years? There's so much nuance to this. The Americans should have been evacuated immediately. Even Trump has said it. Trump had a plan. He said, first, you get the, you get the Americans out. You get, you get our allies out, you take the military out, and you blow up the bases. That was not done. So now we're in this predicament where, yeah, I guess we have no choice but to send in military. Right. Good job, Biden. So look, I'm saying Biden coming out and saying we should leave is a good thing. Whether or not he actually can pull it off is entirely different. So it, I, I can't blame the guy and say he did it on purpose. I can only say he's a bumbling moron who made everything worse. And he can go down, his, go down in history as being just that, a bumbling moron. And that's all he will ever be. Although maybe it was on purpose. I honestly don't know. If I had evidence to suggest it was, I'd absolutely be talking about it. ZLVXE says, my older brother was supposed to go to college tomorrow, but his flight from Southwest got canceled without warning. They didn't give a reason as to why. Oh, yeah. Mm. We have seen many weird things happen with flights. Hmm. So we book guests all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like we have someone coming in every day. We had one instance where uh, someone checked into the flight, got to the gate with a ticket, and they said, you're not checked into the flight. You can't get on this plane. Mm. We had one person whose flight was booked oddly for the same time. His return and, and, and departure were the same time. And then we saw the mass cancellations from Spirit and American Airlines. Stories like this we hear a lot. I'm almost wondering if they're just like, we can't sustain this. Just like arbitrarily boot people for whatever reason. Mm. Wow. There's a fuel shortage. There's a labor shortage. Yeah. So don't be surprised if you see more and more and more. What what, what was it? The the Green New Deal wanted to get rid of planes? Oh. Yeah, I think that's part of convenient. And cows. Mm. And cows. Yeah, farting cows. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Profit Position says the soccer fields in Afghanistan were used for executions and public stoning by the Taliban. Food for thought when you think about that soccer star. Wow. Mm. Yup. Das Roos says Professor D in the house, my favorite contributor on Fearless. <laughs> yes. Respect. Appreciate right that. Das Roos says thoughts and prayers for Uncle Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what's that all about? Um, so Uncle Jimmy, who's um, Jason Whitlock's sidekick on Fearless, um, came down with COVID a couple of days ago. So he's been he was at home. Um, he he did a segment on the show, probably I think last week. But then he he um, fell ill yesterday. He had to get rushed to the hospital. But thankfully he's back home now. Oh, cool! I heard he's doing better. And um, you know him and Whitlock are in constant communication. So. Definitely praying for Uncle Jimmy, hoping he makes a, a full and speedy recovery. And, and his two sons, who I think are also quarantining with him. Yeah. Right on, right on. Yeah. Well, ho- hopefully they're all too, okay. Yeah, yeah he's, a, he's a little bit older, so. All right. BlackRock Beacon says, as you said, Tim, unequal enforcement of the law was acting as a sorting mechanism. Vax mandate for government workers, military and police is too. If they won't stand up for their own rights, they won't disobey orders to protect yours. It's a mm. purge. Yeah, that's what's worrying. All right. 
Along the Watchtower says, if I have to pay to speak on this channel, isn't that our government in a nutshell? I don't know. Is it? Pay to play? Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Yes. Technically. Seth Hauser says, on a scale of 1 to 10, how bad do you think it is? In general? 7? 8? 10 being the worst? Yeah. You got to define it. What is well, it? you know what? Honestly, it is for me and, personally. He's one. I've got probably top top point zero 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 one percent of humans on Earth right now. Yeah, yeah. Hashtag blessed. But, yeah. And, and I should correct that. I should correct that because what are we talking about? Are, are we talking about like ten being the apocalypse and one being utopia? Because then we're at like a two. Basically. Yeah. yeah, yeah I mean? Two yeah. is my first thought. Was two. Right. It's like it's bad. So if, if we're talking about American politics, like where ten is like a breaking point, then I think we're at a nine or a ten. Yeah. Yeah. But does that mean we're going to be, you know, then there's another scale after that. So honestly, don't yeah. right. Specially, catastrophically, mm-hmm. two out of ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, no, I mean. We've got so much tech. War. Can, war sucks. Pollution. War, pollution's Ocean acidification. Mm-hmm. But we can, like, Massive drought. We can withdraw the carbon from the atmosphere and repopulate the ocean with iron fertilization. There's a lot of technology is really awesome right you know, now. You know what bugs me a lot about the, the climate zealot types is that they're missing one of the bigger pictures in this, in the pollution, with the pollution, is that it's the destabilization of the, the, the ecosystem balance. Mm. Meaning it's, it, it's not about whether or not the planet gets, you know, too hot. It's about whether or not we've produced, you know, 0.1% more waste product of this particular element, which is causing a change in density in this area, which then creates a ripple effect. And so what happens is they talk about like, oh, climate change, conservatives are like, you know, what are you talking about? And then we have people like Chris Martinson on, and he's like, he's a doctor, he's a PhD. And he says, people have noticed there's no more bugs hitting their windshields. They did a study and found that over 20 years, substantially less bugs are in the air hitting windshields, which suggests a die-off in the population, potentially. There's also ocean dead zones. These things will have a massive impact. So pollution yeah. plays a huge role. All the wastewater coming out of the rivers into the ocean creates pockets of death. Just nothing there. Hmm. And so that means fishing. What, what we're seeing now with fisheries being overfished is jellyfish moving in. Now people are eating jellyfish. Ooh. Yeah, that's the, right. The bugs, apparently the neonicotinide pesticides are messing with their ability to like use their infrared or whatever their, their thing. Their, but that's not considered a, their communication abilities. It's not considered pollution. Hmm. It's a pesticide. But it's doing right. damage like pollution. Yeah. Right? If it's if this is actually the culprit, which it seems to be, we got a uh, uh, Noel and Noel says this man is leadership material. Oh, <laughs> agreed. <laughs> All right. Along the Watchtower says, do schools cover the cost of masks? Hmm. That's a good question. That's a great question. I feel like I read somewhere that some school districts were requiring masks as like part of their uniform policy, and if that's the case, some may cover, but. Parents definitely have to buy their own uniforms, that's for sure. Yep, yep. Now they're, I think one Texas district made it part of the uniform yeah. to bypass the, the, the bans or whatever. Yeah. Matthew Hunter says, Ivermectin is FDA approved under the name Stromectol. Stop saying it isn't FDA approved. That is medical misinfo. Yes, I must correct. Ivermectin is not FDA approved for treatment in COVID. Ah. Ivermectin is a is, is an essential UN drug for a lot of reasons, so that's why I'm I'm just like I'm not here to give you any medical advice, but that's, that that is a good correction. Ivermectin isn't approved for COVID for treatment. That's 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 the big issue, I guess. And we've had the debate. We've pulled up the studies, and the studies are are we're not at that point yet. So whatever you want to believe about it, don't take your morality, your medical advice, or your financial advice from me. And I'm not a lawyer either. Or any so, YouTuber. But I appreciate the correction. That it, yeah, that, that is important. All right, let's see. 
Jeffrey Perra says, first, love you guys and Delano. Leftists today remind me of the Ori Priors from Stargate. Oh, really? They're uncompromising and won't hesitate to destroy your life for the slightest disagreement. How can we ever reconcile with them? I don't know how many people know what the Ori are from Stargate. Nope. <laughs> if you have groups that, that um, won't negotiate. Mm. Yeah. What did, what did uh, aggressive negotiations, I guess? I don't know. Sebastian Smith says, first time super chatting. I have a friend in army artillery who just got orders to go to Afghanistan with no deployment date, not leaving anytime soon. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I wonder if they're just going to bolster the troops in Afghanistan. This is the excuse. Trump drew down our forces from 15,500 to 2,500, and now Biden's got his excuse to send in tens of thousands of more. Mm -hmm. Here we go again. To do what, though? Just to save What are we doing in South Korea? I don't know. Yeah, what are we doing in Germany? Chilling. Preventing the spread of communism? Is that really the mission? (laughs) Germany? I don't know. (laughs) I guess, man. All right. Ryan says, in regards to Tim's point about some people may be more comfortable in a sleeping bag under a bridge, freedom, like a shopping cart, no effects, is a real state of mind. Yeah. Have you guys ever been homeless for any short period of time or yeah, medium I length? Yep. I slept Couple in my times. car for a while. It was incredibly, no rent payments. Yeah. <laughs> that was like, wow. But it's illegal. Yeah. I wasn't, if they'd come and knocked on my window, I would have been in trouble. I once, I once uh, slept in a parking lot outside of a skate park and I woke up surrounded by cops with their guns oh. drawn. Oh, wow. And there are lights in the car, and I'm like, I was, it was, I was in a Dodge Neon, and I was wearing like normal clothes, and then like I immediately put my hands up, and they walk up and like, unlock the car, and I unlock the car, and they open it, and they're like, get out, and I get out, and they're like, what are you doing? And I was like, I fell asleep. <laughs> and they were like, why? And I was like, I was skating, and I was chilling in my car, and I fell mm-hmm. asleep, and they were like, okay, well, you can't be here. And I was like, I'll leave. And they're like, okay. And then they all left. Okay. I was like, what, <laughs> what happened? Like, I, yo. I'd park on the side of the road, uh, put the driver's side, seat down and then cover myself with a blanket so that they couldn't see Kinda human hidden. Yeah, when they looked at it. Mm. Yeah. That worked. It's crazy out there. But man, you know. the, the sense of freedom is is palpable. There's nothing like it. You can sleep in your car in Walmart. Walmart parking lots. Yeah. Oh. Really? They, they, it, it is still illegal, but Walmart allows it. Okay. Uh, it's called, what is it called? Boondocking? They do because they know that when you wake up, you go inside Walmart to buy your stuff. Okay. Makes so they're like, we got more than enough parking lot so yeah. people actually will if like people in like vans and, and trailer like and like RVs will be like, well, we can't find a, you know a campground or whatever. Let's just pull into a Walmart. And Walmart's like awesome, especially if you've got like five people in your oh, yeah. in your camper. You're you're coming in for everything. Yeah. That's great. Toiletries, food, yeah, all good of for it. them. But it was uh, I was told it was the hotel lobby that tried make, that made it illegal mm. because they want you to pull over and go inside and a hotel. Go in a hotel, hotel yeah. yeah. All right, let's. Uh, Get the YouTube to force jump our super chats and then confuse us. Eddie says, when immigrants love the country more than its citizens, then you have a problem. I value the USA because it's given me everything. So I think when the Afghan people rise up, they will truly value freedom, just Mm -hmm. like the immigrants in the U.S. compared to their homeland. I hope so. Yeah, Mm -hmm. interesting. Mm -hmm. Bradley says, there is an entire generation of Afghans that grew up under crony capitalism. They are now getting their first taste of Sharia law. If they want a free country... They will have to forge it themselves. Mm. I heard that. Definitely. Johnny Knoxville says, I don't think it's the real Johnny Knoxville. (laughs) Tim, the far left will try and make life so miserable for those not vaccinated that they cave in and get the shot. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like even even with the the lawsuit in New York City, how long is that going to take? I mean, probably weeks. At least 
well, I was gonna say months. Months. Yeah. yeah. So you can't go out to eat. You can you can you can't go anywhere. Yeah. And you can wait months for a lawsuit to go through. So uh, again, I'm curious to see you know whether the vaccine mandates, the vaccine passports, which a lot of people called early on, by the way, and they were called conspiracy theorists. Whether that red pills a lot of people, I think at the very least what it'll do is that it will increase the contempt that a lot of people have for their government. Because it's some people will say, you know what, I can't afford to lose my job. I can't make that choice off a of principle. But while I'm getting this jab or I'm showing my passport or I'm showing my papers, it's going to make me hate the people in charge. Mm-hmm. right? And I don't think we've really wrestled with what the long-term consequences are for that. Um, you know, best case scenario... It makes people take local politics a lot more seriously. Worst case scenario, it could end up radicalizing certain people and making them go from saying, I'm switching from one party to the next to saying, I want to be done with all types of government um, altogether. Yeah, I think a lot of people are starting to feel that way. Yeah. All right. Ill Machiner says, Ian, check out Saphrodite. It's similar to Obsidian. It goes from looking like charcoal to clear with light. How do you spell Saphrodite? S A F F O R D I T E. Cool. Oh, I haven't yeah. seen that. That sounds really cool, actually. Hmm. I got to go to Rock Store. Jake Wilmot says, I got to recommend you have Lucas Botkin from T Rex Arms on your show. Oh. I believe you'd have a great conversation with him. He has shown interest in being on your show before. We will check him out. That sounds cool. All right. Let's see. Rafi Bosk says, You guys should look into biogas. You can make your own gas out of food waste for cooking or even running a generator. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, I've heard about that. That sounds pretty cool. Mm. I'm, I'm definitely a big fan of reuse. We were know. talking about building a hanging garden on the property. Oh, a hanging night. garden? Yeah. What does that mean? It's like so we can stagger it and make oh, it you mean a vertical garden. Indoor vertical hanging oh, stuff. Indoor where? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But these are the ideas <laughs> that get thrown around head. at the castle. <laughs> well, we, we they, they do have those like greenhouse things you can buy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we need should to get we one really creative. We need to get one of those. tech. And yeah. then we can do, cause I'm all into this biogas and like just total revolutionizing 21st century homesteading. Mm. Yeah, man. I am down. Trevor Conley says, Tim, I'm from Flint, Michigan. I've heard you say the water is possibly fixed here. It is not. FB memes compare Gen 6 to Taliban thoughts. I think those are absurd. Yeah. Um, and I've had people super chat being like, they fixed the Flint water already. You know, it's, it's it, you stop saying that. I'm like, okay, well, I don't know. I don't live there. But I'll tell you this. It should have been fixed a long time ago. What was the what caused it? Oh, it's a long story, man. Yeah. Lead pipes. So uh, let me take you back on the journey. I'll make the story quick. The population of Detroit is shrinking, but the water infrastructure remains the same size. That means the share of maintenance cost per person is 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 getting higher oh, as wow. more people leave. So if you have ten people in a house, they each put in ten bucks to pay their hundred dollar you know plumbing bill, and then five people leave everyone's share doubled. Now they're paying 20 bucks. So that's what basically happened in Michigan as people were fleeing the state. It ended up, you ended up with some of the highest water costs in the country. So Flint was basically like, why are we paying all this money for Detroit water when we got this river right here? Mm -hmm. Switch. And the river was filthy. Hmm. There's a a lot more to it than that. But, you know, then you ended up people getting like lead in their pipes. Uh, They had lead pipes. So the corrosive water was stripping the lead out and then kids were drinking it and it was affecting their IQs. And then you had Legionnaire's disease because the water was really bad. Yeah. 
Yeah, I did a, a, a um, an amical, a, a, a chemical, an amical, a chemical element analysis, and there was some weird element we found a lot of when we. I, I took samples from the river, mm. a couple samples, and then we found something. I can't remember which. Which it was. It's been years. We didn't find lead. Was it selenium by any chance? It might have been. I How don't do remember. Know? It was a. It was. It was a. Like we saw like a huge spike in one particular element that we thought was really weird and we didn't expect because it wasn't reported. Hmm. And so the, the 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 researchers were like, we don't know if we're confident that this is correct because this is kind of anomalous. Yeah, we'd have to do it again. And I'm like, I'm not flying back to to Flint to, <laughs> to, to test more water. So I, I had to climb down to the river and it's like I was slipping and I was like trying to get the water and did, I was. Did they replace all the lead pipes? Is that what when they finally said it's out of the system? Is I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. We'll have to, uh, you have to, you know, re- read up on it. Let's just do, uh, we'll do, uh, one more here. All right, let's see. Pat Monet says, my band used to park at hotels and sleep in the van overnight and then wake up in the morning and eat the complimentary breakfasts. No one ever noticed. <laughs> when you're a broke band, you gotta do what you gotta do. True. That's, That's right. A lot of people do that. Right. All right, my friends. Uh, smash that like button. Subscribe to this channel and, and do it for Ian. Yeah. There is there is time. a sad Ian <laughs> waiting for your like today. That's true. But with when you your hit, like when you hit that button, if you hit it with love, then I feel it. That's right. <laughs> Send those waves. Uh, and go to timcast.com. We're gonna have a, we're gonna have a bonus uh, members only segment coming up. It'll be up around eleven or so p.m. This should be a lot of fun, a lot to talk about. And you can follow the show at timcast IRL. You can follow me personally at timcast. Uh, Delano, you want to shout any social media or anything out? Website. Sure. Um, again, people can can read my commentary um, at the Blaze. Uh, I'm on Jason Whitlock's show, Fearless with Jason Whitlock, uh, three times a week. Uh, you can check out his um, YouTube channel for all the episodes. And you can follow me at, at Delano Squires, D-E-L-A-N-O-S-Q-U-I-R-E-S, on Twitter and Instagram. Right on. And, and, and Jason's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Love that guy. yeah absolutely yeah. amazing guy. Uh, I'm a big believer in chaos theory, so... Tap the like button. Leave a comment because they have resounding fractal yeah. consequences that you mm. may not see even in your lifetime. But go for it anyway. That's yeah, see, one game. comment could turn into an argument, which turns into 10,000 comments could, of people arguing. Yeah. People could create genres of careers it's based true. off of the <laughs> inception of that comment. So yes. if you feel it, actuate it. Take it. Make that, <laughs> right. make that you statement. Gotta, you got to do it. You heard it, Ian. You heard it from Ian. <laughs> you have to listen to him. You guys are more than welcome to follow me at Sour Patch Lids, L-Y-D-S, on Twitter as I continue my journey to have more Twitter followers than Sour Patch Kids. Mm. We will see all of you over at TimCast.com. Thanks for hanging out. Bye, guys. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.